0: We've seen a human dematerialize more than 1,000 times. It's not a rare phenomena, and the reason that people can dematerialize is because a human body, when it's not in its sort of solid state, is in a hazy wave state, and it is not solid at all, and so that's why people come and dematerialize. So this non-solid being is sitting on a stool, and they're essentially a spirit with a physical body that has all of these geometries and mathematics in them, and as the purple light goes through them, like it's really like the the Christ consciousness or the Buddhahood or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's difficult to get into terms, but when the light goes through them, it fixes up their geometries and they get better.
1: You're now tuned in to Nicole Whitney's News for the Soul Highlights, life-changing spotlights she has shared with leading teachers in the human consciousness field since 1997 go now to newsforthesoul.com to hear the full shows totally free that's newsforthesoul.com
2: and we're live surprise 10 a.m pacific time we have a surprise for you today i'm nicole marie and this is news for the soul life <clears throat> oh, no voice voice going away life-changing talk radio from the uplifting did the unexplained, got that covered in full. Uh, we're on for several hours today, by the way, so stick around. Uh, but we're starting out with something really exciting because he's up to good stuff. And I know Kerry O'Connor and I have been talking about him quite a bit lately, so his ears have probably been burning. Well, it's Stuart Wilde. Anything could have been burning. Um, <laughs> so he should need no introduction What? So ever evolutionary metaphysical wild guy author and leader and always floating around on the outer limits of the known consciousness of humankind i don't know how else to describe him he's here he's now stuart Wilde, welcome back to news for the soul hi am i
0: on line with you because i was on your caller line before
2: yeah you're totally you on the line with i can totally hear you cool.
0: um, <laughs> do you think you could sort of like um talk for a minute while i call you back on a phone card because okay, i'm I'll, in a really I'll,
2: I'll expensive
0: a hotel and they're going to charge me five bucks a minute you
2: know oh god oh god okay so well, can you, you um, try-
0: tell them something interesting and i'll call you back like like within 30 seconds yeah. yeah thank you <laughs> okay bye-bye now
2: okay all right <laughs> so <clears throat> interesting i will uh tell you about what's going on here how about that First of all for the next hour God willing We'll get Stewie back on here in a second And we will have our conversation For the next hour with Stuart Wild As to what's going on Because he's suddenly popped up here in Vancouver Out of, well, unexpectedly And he's got some cool things going on As Carrie O'Connor's been telling us about Uh, She went actually with him in Vegas (laughs) About uh, two weeks ago This has got to be good You know it's good If Vegas works its way into the story with Stuart Wilde. So We're going to talk about that for the next hour. Then we have open lines. So that's where we're at right now. And that, okay, Stewie's having trouble calling back in. I'm going to go to a commercial, and we'll get the skewer down the line. Hang on.
3: How would you like to learn how to bend metal with your mind for real? Well, you can. News for the Soul is home to the one and only Spoon Bending Kit, an instantly downloadable digital gift that contains two hours of audio and visual instructions designed to get your mind out of the way and teach you how to truly affect solid matter just with your thoughts. Find out once and for all how you are affecting your reality with every thought you think. Don't let anything block you from creating the life that you want. Download the newsforthesoul.com Spoon Bending Kit today. Just go to newsforthesoul.com right now and click on the bent spoon. That's newsforthesoul.com.
2: We're still working on getting Stuart back on here. He's having trouble with his calling card. (laughs) So stand by Stuart Wilde Odd News for the Soul. God willing. Okay, let's see if we've got him back on. Sure, yeah, yeah, I wound up
0: his- in the host queue, and um, I was going, hello, 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 I didn't get you.
2: Oh, my it's- gosh, you were hosting your own show.
4: Let's
0: tell you what was weird. I got a phone card from the 7-Eleven, and when I punched in the uh, the code, it said it's an invalid card.
4: So oh, So that my God.
0: took me five minutes. <laughs> anyway, listen, nice to talk to you. I haven't talked to you for ages and ages and ages, I but know. we did some shows together years ago, didn't we?
2: we- many. Yes, we did yeah. for... Going, going quite a ways back, you know. Yeah, before the flood (laughs) Yeah, I know. So you're, you're. all I've been talking to Carrie O'Connor. Of course, she's a regular weekly guest on News for the Soul, and she's been telling me all about. um,
0: Yeah, um, Nicole. Listen, your voice is breaking up, so I'm only getting little bits of stuff. Are you on a mobile
2: or something? No, I'm. I'm just going to switch my headset. Hang on. Okay. Oh, I love the technical things these days. Boy, oh boy. It's just constant. Yeah, no, that's
0: loud and clear now. That's an improvement. Thank you. Oh, okay. Um, so you were talking about Carrie O'Connor. Yeah, she's a good friend and she came over to Ireland for a few weeks and, uh, she got to hang out with me and other people. And, um, yeah, it was really, really good. You know, Chris Krebsick of com was there and so forth. Yeah,
2: well, she was saying that you're up to some very interesting things, so I'm, I'm just bursting to get the latest Stuart Wilde news. Well, so I'll tell you what, on? Okay?
0: here's the story, <laughs> Morning Gloria. Um, I saw this great light come into my hands about maybe six months or a year ago, and I could see it with my eyes shut in a sight, and I could see it with my eyes open in you know, a normal sight. And then I saw these visions that told me to go and put my hands on people and, you know, offer them a kind of spiritual renewal, a blessing, a healing, you know. So I started trotting around Ireland and um, I went to a place, a sacred well called St. Patrick's Well, and then the committee threw me out. They didn't want me there. So I went to other places and I've been doing healings in Canada and... um, uh, you know, just various spots. I'm going to go to Italy and do them in Rome at the Vatican. And um, <laughs> I posted all on my site, you know, stuartwild.com with a U, S-T-U-A-R-T, so people can follow along if they come. I've done 2,411 so far, so I'm wow. motoring. Yeah.
2: You are motoring, I know. And I, Yeah, that's know, in that's about not... six
0: weeks or eight weeks, you know. I, haven't, I mean, I, I haven't started that long ago, you know.
2: And you were in Vegas?
0: Yeah, I was in Vegas. I had 705 people. And I did a short healing on all of them. And then I did a much longer healing. So I kind of did 1,410 healings there. Yeah.
2: So tell me about the healing itself. What is it? What, what's going on?
0: Well, what it is is, well, I have to back up and tell you something else. Like two and a half years ago. I saw this light. I was in Vancouver, actually, on the water, an apartment on the water, uh, facing Granville Island, and I saw this light appear in the room, and it was strobing all around the room. It looked like an oval football. And it was going ping, 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 and it was there for like five hours. And I saw the Christ consciousness and the solar logos and hosts of angels, many things, you know. And at the end of that series of visions, and there were four other people in the room, they saw it as well i got stigmata through my hands and my feet and it's the sensation of nails or skewers going through your skin it's it's extraordinarily painful and it's been raging for like two and a half years it's eased off a eased off a little bit now but it's still going and um it was really really strange you know i really didn't know what was happening but i was very calm and composed and i saw visions and stuff that helped me and it was after the sort of pain of this stigmata thing for two and a half years that the light came into my hands so it wasn't sort of like imagined or um uh, hold on a second i don't know how to operate this bloody system hold on a
4: second
0: <laughs> oh god if i cut you off i don't dare cut you off can you hear that phone ringing?
2: i can hear But you know what Just-
0: that's just let it ring, okay. Just, yeah. Yeah, because it's I correct. haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue how to operate these things. <laughs> we
2: don't want to lose you now. It's just
0: No, I'm excited. totally technologically challenged. I mean, I can't work a toaster, you know. Um,
4: <laughs> anyway,
0: it was after the stigmata um, came and went. I mean, it went day and night for 24, 24-7. And sometimes it was so excruciating, I'd have to lie on my bed and sort of meditate my way through it for an hour. Anyway, then after all of that, the light came. And essentially it's a purple light and it goes inside people and it changes their fractal codes it changes their geometries and the mathematics of their body because humans are essentially lots and lots of little boxes like pixels on a photograph and those boxes contain codes like geometries and mathematics and tubes you know and uh, so this light goes through the person and where there's black let's say because they have some dysfunction in their body it changes the code from black to purple and they get better and I've you know I've done healings on leukemia and brain tumors and asthma and uh, autism uh, gout uh, published on my site a few days ago and 25 other diseases but when I'm working on them I don't know necessarily what's wrong with them they may be troubled psychiatrically troubled I got one guy out of an insane asylum, and he called me from the asylum, and I told him what to tell the doctors to call me to letting him out, and he, he did that, and they let him go. And then he came to Ireland, and he stayed with me, and I did a healing on him. I mean, he was absolutely demonically possessed. He was completely round the bend, and he was cured, and he went off to Switzerland and got a lovely job at 120000 a year.
2: <laughs> well, you have been busy. Yeah. So, what, where, why is this happening, first of all? Well, my old
0: teacher said 45, 35, 40 years ago that when this great darkness falls upon the world, because he knew all about the fascists and all this stuff that's going on now with, you know, their arrests without trial and wars and all that stuff. He said when all that darkness comes around, which it has to come around because the human shadow has to come out and people have to see how ugly it is. He said that when the shadow and this darkness falls upon the earth, that the eternal Tao and the feminine spirit would come back to earth And um, as to compensate for the darkness. And so I think that why now is because the world is going ever more degraded and ever more, you know, uh, broken down. And it's, it's just being ruled by these sort of fascists. That uh, are not even American. I mean, they come from another place. Uh, <laughs> are you there, Nicole?
2: I'm here. Are you, you have there? Have to say
0: something now, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's jolly boring, sir. <laughs> or something. Like that. I, don't, I don't know what. Say whatever you want to say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hasn't the darkness always been here? And we're just seeing it now. I mean, do you mean the fall? Yeah, I mean it was certainly
0: it, was here. It was certainly here during the war and stuff like that with well, Hitler and before. And before, in the dark ages, I would
2: think it was here. Yeah. yeah.
0: But well, for some reason we're approaching the end time and uh, so this is a sort of final phase, a recapitulation of evil. And then a recapitulation of the Christ consciousness, the solar logos, and goodness. And the solar logos is essentially a celestial light. And I was watching it like a couple of years ago, and I saw it coming into land, you know. And uh, when it landed, I translated it into this massive electrical transformer that was the size of like a small house. But essentially, that light is here now, and uh, the Christ consciousness is in there, and the Buddhahood, and, and the light of the, you know, the gods, and the angels, and the feminine spirit. Spirit and Gaia, it's all there inside this solar Logos. And so it landed, and now we get the benefit from it.
2: All right, so is there, did this light or this vision, is it just, did it just come to you?
0: No, no, other people have seen it, like many, many, many have seen it. And sometimes they write, Emails and explain what they've seen and so forth. And Chris Krebs at com, he writes about it, and uh, and uh, it's a common thing. I mean, there's many, many, many visionaries and psychics and teachers that can see that light now. You know, it's it's common to all of us. It's not a uh, it's not an exclusive anything. You know. <laughs>
2: so what do you uh, oh, are other people doing healings with it
0: that I don't know about um, that I don't know about. I've got no idea because there was a, there was a, a doctor that came to me and I held his hands for 20 minutes and then he went off and did healings and he cured a lady of uh, multiple sclerosis by just putting his hands upon her and she went off to the hospital and she had a scan and the lesions in her brain weren't there anymore so I have transferred it to two people by just holding their hands and the doctor was the most spectacular transfer but yeah there's no exclusive anything you know I I mean it's like it's the Christ consciousness. It's everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: Well, uh, I, you know, Carrie came on and she, she said that she was blown away because you, you cured something in her head or something the first time that she got together with you. So she's been going on about it ever since. Well, and she had it,
0: some something in her hand that was becoming infected and she would have had to go to the hospital for um, antibiotic injections. And right. after the healing, it wasn't there anymore. And so she was, um, she was happy Carrie was, yeah.
1: You're now tuned in to Nicole Whitney's News for the Soul Highlights, life-changing spotlights she has shared with leading teachers in the human consciousness field since 1997. Go now to newsforthesoul.com to hear the full shows totally free. That's newsforthesoul.com.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's like, it's sort of, It's miracles, but it's not really miracles, because um, it's mathematics, it's geometry. So the purple geometries and the purple mathematics go through the person's body in the space of a few minutes, and it just changes the geometry of the septic finger, or it changes the geometry of the leukemia, or the cancer, or whatever else is, you know? So all of those things wow. have a geometry they they have a fractal code like the Mandelbrot set it's all a series of geometries and fractals we're not solid beings you know I've seen a human dematerialize completely myself and others we've seen a human dematerialize more than 1,000 times it's not a rare phenomena and the reason that people can dematerialize is because a human body when it's not in its sort of solid state is in a wavy ha- hazy wave state and it's uh, it's not solid it's not solid at all and so that's why people come and dematerialize so this non-solid being is sitting on a stool and they're essentially a spirit with a physical body that has all of these geometries and mathematics in them and as the purple light goes through them like it's really like the, the christ consciousness or the buddhahood or whatever you want to call it um it's difficult to get into terms but when the light goes through them it fixes up their geometries and they get better
2: So I know you were having events where you were training, trying to train people to see that dematerialization for a while. Were people able to see it?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's why there's a thousand. You know, that's why we've seen it for a thousand times because two hundred of us have seen it five times each. Let's say, you know.
2: How do we see it without being able to train with you personally? How do How do I see someone dematerialize?
0: I can't guarantee that somebody that hasn't trained with me can see it because I don't know where they're at and, and what they believe and, you know, how balanced they are and so forth. But this, the, the inner side comes from softness. It comes from kindness and calm. And it comes from the trance state. So you have got to be able to meditate and hold the, the sort of theta trance state four cycles a second. And then those inner worlds open up. But they only open up as much as you open up. And they only open up as much as you can purify your life you know so the inner sight is usually denied to people that are that that are sort of unprocessed and that haven't worked upon themselves and their shadow and they haven't developed that kind of generosity and charity and kindness in their soul you know you have to have a good soul to see
2: so you're getting all of these these You've got this light coming to you. You're being guided to travel around. Have you you had many visions as to, you know, where things are at and where they're going in this transitional time?
0: Well, I've seen lots and lots of sort of visions of the destruction of Jerusalem and so forth. Um, Mm. And I've seen visions of the collapse of the stock exchange and the sort of American political system and so forth. So we're living in a precarious time because things could go belly up at at any time. I mean, right now, the stock exchange is sort of being pumped by the Federal Reserve and they're sort of pumping it up no matter what the news is but once the election's over it could easily come down and then again if there was a massive earthquake tomorrow somewhere like california or if a meteor hit new york you could see the stock exchange collapse overnight so we're in an age where the shadow's coming out the goodness is building to compensate for the shadow and then the systems of 3d like wall you know wall street and so on that's so like corrupt and manipulated, those systems eventually fall apart because everything has to return to a sort of order, a beauty. You know, it's like Gaia, the spirit of the earth, is here to restore the natural balance of things.
2: So you're still seeing that sort of process going on. Um, What on the other end of the scale, with this light coming in and other stuff on that end of the scale, what are you seeing for the future?
0: Well... You don't get to see like, you know, 10 and 20 and 30 years ahead, but I don't believe that the world will end in 2012. You know, the Mayan culture was extraordinarily rinky dink. I mean, I don't know if people know that, but it sort of covered (laughs) maybe a thousand miles of Central America. And they were very cruel. They were black magicians and they had these blood sacrifices and tens of thousands of slaves and they would chop people's heads off at the top of the pyramids and roll them down the hill. And um, what happened to the Mayans was that in the end, the slaves rose up and they slaughtered the kings and the priests and the aristocracy and they stole the gold and returned back to their families in the forest from where they were originally captured. So the Mayans couldn't really foretell their own demise. and They couldn't foretell that, like, karma would find them and they'd all be rubbed out. And uh, the fact that their calendar ends in December 2012 is, like, completely irrelevant. So I've seen visions of 2016, so we're definitely going to get past 2012.
2: Well, we're on the same page there, that's for sure. I love that. Rinky-dink. There you go. But what what is your most immediate communication? I mean, you're you're being guided to go to to all these places. You're going to the Vatican. When's that happening? And how do you think um, that's going to go?
4: I'm doing
0: healings (laughs) in Italy, in Turin on October the 14th, and I'm in Volterra on October the 16th, and I'm just waiting to confirm with a contact of mine in Rome. So I would say October the 18th, I'll be in Rome right there in front of the Vatican where the obelisk is. Well, I've seen loads of visions of the collapse of the Catholic Church and its rebirth, its reconstitution once all the pedophiles and the black magicians are tossed out. It'll become new. There'll be a new pope and um, it'll come clean in the end, you know, because it is a great inspiration for many religious people, albeit. The dogma and all of that is very simplistic, but it's what they believe and it helps them. But we need to clean the gaff up. You know, we need sort of Schwarzenegger to go around and clean the house.
2: <laughs> oh, I'd pay money to see that. <laughs> yeah. So what's happening here in Vancouver then? Uh, it was on the 20th, right?
0: Yeah, I've got some healings on the 20th. I only sent it out to the Stuart Wild A-list people because okay. I've got so many readers in Vancouver and so many people know me here that I was scared of getting swamped. And I could do about 80 healings in two hours. And um, I didn't want 500 people coming, so I didn't post it to my site. Now, it's faintly possible, and I have pre-booked, the healing the rooms that I've had to rent for Saturday afternoon and if I go ahead with Saturday I will post it on my stuartwild.com site Thursday night but the Thursday healings are just for the people that i am emailed on the A-list because I was scared man I was scared 500 people were going to show up you know
2: Which totally could happen, yes. (laughs) Which could easily happen.
0: And I just don't want to disappoint people, and I don't want them getting angry, and I don't want them jostling and fighting each other. And, you know, there's only a limit to how many I can do. When I do the healings, I usually do two hours. Because when I put my hands on people, I have to concentrate ferociously. If I have any slight, you know, interruption in my mind, I have to start again. So if I'm doing a healing and I suddenly think, oh, my God, did I leave the iron on? I have to start again. So then to concentrate, you know, on 80 people for two hours is quite a sort of effort. And I find that at the end of the two hours, I'm really fried and I can't really go on much past that. I can sometimes take a half hour break and then do one more hour, but I'm limited to how many I can do at any one time.
2: This is the first time you've been guided to do healings, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I used to do some in the past, but they were all like more people people with psychological problems or people that were demonically possessed. I've done like, about 40 or 50 exorcisms and essentially I put my hand on the person and I scare the ghouls and the devils out of them and that's how I do my exorcisms it's dead easy really it's like baseball back country you know So, yeah, this is the first time that I've been sort of um, shown, you know, the healing thing. But again, it came from the stigmata. And when I tell people, hey, I've got stigmata, they look at me really blank and start twiddling with their dress, you know, (laughs) looking up to the sky. They don't really know what I'm talking about, but it's the sensation of nails going through your hands and your feet.
2: Why do you think it would come through for you in that kind of uh, way? Oh,
0: look, I've asked that why me question, and it's kind of irrelevant, really, because, you know, it's like, and, you know, why did it go to Padre Pio? I don't know. I mean, perhaps, I don't know. There was reasons for it. There must be some sort of higher reason, but mainly it's because I can stand, I can handle the pain, and I'm willing to go out and do the work afterwards. So I would say that those were the two main reasons.
2: Because huh. somebody no, no. else,
0: if they got it, they panic, you know, and they'd be in the hospital and doctors would say, we don't know what's wrong with you. And they would go into sort of a psychological, psychiatric mess with that kind of pain going day and night. So I think because I can handle the pain and because of meditation and trance and so forth, um, that's why I got it you know but I don't have any other reasons I mean I wasn't shown any particular reason
2: that's actually very true isn't it I mean we would not have a, a quote-unquote normal reaction if we weren't you know really prepared and your health is good
0: yeah yeah I'm very strong I've got a lot of stamina you know so I'm okay hmm.
2: are you able to heal yourself when things come up or if they always come always
0: up? yeah always every time Yeah, If I have, let's say, I don't know, a pain in the gut or something, I just mentally put my hand inside my body and I say a couple of little sort of prayers. Because when I do the healings, um, Nicole, I watch for these purple hands to come up, uh, like a vision of a purple hand, you know? And I watch for them to come up nine times. So when I'm touching somebody on the shoulders, I watch for those visions to come up, the purple hands. They come up, once they've come up nine times, the healing's over. So that can be like in 15 seconds, it can come up nine times. But then I go on and I do some protection prayers and stuff as well, you know, beyond the actual healing. But yeah, I can sort of do the healings in 15 seconds. And then when I have a problem, um, like I don't know, like I had a sort of indigestion pain across the top of my chest a few days ago. I just put my hand inside my own body and I pull it out and that's it.
2: So how much is, is it driven behind your own intentions and attention and how much is coming through you from somewhere else? Well, I don't know. I can't sort of
0: um, be particularly accurate on that. I don't know. But I don't charge for the healings that I do and I do not accept donations. So there's no sort of ulterior motive on the financial front. So I've done 2,000, 411 healings free of charge I don't charge people Now when people come to a gig And there's a big hotel And the promoters are paying 10,000 a day They have to charge people To provide the space yeah. Well, that's a different thing but the street healings and all the other healings i've done i've never charged anybody ever and i never will i'm just not allowed to charge and i don't want to charge because i don't want a person sitting on the stool thinking how much money have i got to give this kid? and will a tenner do or should i give him 50 bucks you know i don't want the thinking like that i want them to concentrate on their salvation their redemption I, I, I call it the spiritual healing the second chance and it's like hey you know do you want to be absolved and And you want absolution for your illnesses and your, you know, disquiet and your pain because here it is and it isn't going to cost you anything. So what's my intention? Well, my intention actually is to flee to the pub and not come back. (laughs) So because a lot of, it's a lot of hard work. It's expensive flying around and driving around to the various locations. And um, it's... uh, But there's a sort of love in it. There's a kindness, and you sort of want to try to sort of be kind to people. Because I have a compassion for their disquiet, their energy, their disease. So I'm kind of honoured to help them. But there's no real ulterior motive in it for me, other than the energy heals me when I'm working with it. So there's a defined benefit there.
2: So were you you guided and told it had to be free?
0: Well, it wasn't as if like some you know angel with flappy wings came down and said. make it free it's just instinctively i felt like hey i didn't pay for these hands i didn't pay for this light um i just got this light from the solar locus it was given to me after a certain couple of processes i had to go through and it's not fair that i charge people for it because i never paid for it in the first place you know and you know with the economy being as it is i mean how much can you charge a person okay let's say they've got leukemia, right I met a bloke in a pub that had leukemia, and I did a healing on him, and he was cured. And he went to the hospital, and they said his leukemia was non-detectable. They couldn't find it. Okay, when he's sitting there on the stool, he doesn't know who the hell I am. How much is he gonna donate? Like five bucks, 10 bucks? What's, you know, leukemia worth, you know? And then later on, perhaps after you he heal from leukemia, you might want to donate, I don't know, a hundred bucks or ten thousand bucks. But I, I, I just don't want people getting into all that mess. You know, here, here's the light, it's free of charge, I got it for free of charge, and you can have it for nothing.
2: So how long do you think you're going to be traveling around doing these healings? I don't know,
0: it could be five or ten years, you know.
2: Wow. Because I know you particularly are not a big fan of air travel.
0: Well, only because, you know, I've been like 62 times around the world, the equivalent thereof, and I've been to 61 countries. And, you know, when you have to go through the airports and the security and all that stuff and the pat-downs and stuff, one guy put his hand down with trousers, you know, at the airport, one of those TSA (laughs) guys. And I said to him, I said, look, sir, any more of that, I'm going to have to charge you entertainment tax. Now, when you knock it off, you've got your hand down my bloody trousers. You're not allowed to touch me, will you? Now, F off and leave me alone, you know? So that is that stuff's, you know, very disturbing. And if I was a wealthy man, which I'm not, I'd have my own little plane and I would zoom around. But, yeah, I'm not a fan of air travel. I think it's very degrading. But, hey, how are you going to get to these various places, you know? I can heal radiation in people, The cold. So I was thinking of going to Japan.
2: I was just going to say, is that on your travel plans then, Japan? Well,
0: I'm thinking about it. I mean, I don't know anything about Japan, and I don't even know if I have any... Oh, I know I've got Japanese readers, but I'm not really linked into people in Japan. But um, when people come to the healings, I test them with a Geiger counter, and we just run it across the front of their body, and we get these readings off of them for the amount of radiation they're giving off. And on our Geiger counter system, about 30 to 40 clicks is normal, and past 60 is abnormal. So this lady came along, and she was German, and she had a reading of about 66, and I did a healing on her, and then I retested her, and she was down to 45. And then a young boy came to see me in Cranbrook, B.C., and he had a reading over 60, and again, he went down to like 38, 40, something like that after the healing. So somehow these per- this purple line, the fractal codes, goes through the body and removes some of the radiation and restores the person back to normal. So yeah, I might go to Japan.
2: I don't know. It's difficult. I don't really know any people there, you know. Well, I'm sure someone's listening. Uh, we have listeners there in Japan. and yeah. Who knows? Is there a guidance coming through with this purple light? I know there's no flappy wing angel, but I just keep getting pulled back there. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, yes, there's a guidance in the sense that I see these visions, and a lot of them are quite technical, and quite a lot, quite a lot of them are technological. You know, they're sort of they're complex mathematics to try to understand. It's not like I have to necessarily clunk the numbers, but I've got to understand what the pictures mean.
4: And a mathematical
0: formula or a geometric pattern is a code, so you have to understand what it's actually saying. And so, yes, there is a guidance trickling through. But there isn't a sort of screwing guide or Jesus or, you know, Koot Humi or Bongo Dongo, the famous Tibetan. They're nothing. No, it's just information. So I sit there and sometimes I pray, of course, you know, and ask questions. But essentially I'm praying to the four walls. So I'm going, hello, walls. Now, how do you feel about healings in Zambia next week or whatever? And then the information comes flying in. So essentially, it's information that it may come from some, I don't know, highfalutin spiritual place, but it doesn't seem like that to me. It just seems like visions that I see that, that emanate from my higher self.
2: Mm-hmm. Which is so I've probably got, exactly I've got the no same thing.
0: Claim. I'm sorry, Nicole?
2: Which is probably exactly the same thing, just semantics and different ways of seeing it, right?
0: Yeah, it's exactly that. It's not like, I mean, I've seen hundreds of visions of Jesus. I mean, I saw one three days ago. And sometimes he's doing strange things. Like I posted on my site that uh, I saw a vision of Jesus with a pig. And a pig is a symbol of the end time. Because um, when we see an apparition in the sky of an upside-down pig, that's the end. So with him having the pig under his arm was a way of saying that he's a custodian of the end. But it says in Revelations that he's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. But it was a reassuring vision to think, well, it's all going to be all right. Wow.
4: I?
1: You're now tuned in to Nicole Whitney's News for the Soul highlight life-changing spotlight she has shared with leading teachers in the human consciousness field since 1997. Go now to newsforthesoul.com to hear the full shows totally free. That's newsforthesoul.com.
0: Yeah, did I, I answer your question or did I just ramble around it? I can't quite figure it out.
2: I have no idea. Um, okay. <laughs> are, you, are you still writing?
0: Yes, yes I am, yeah. At the moment I'm working on an upgrade of a book I wrote in the mid-90s called God's Gladiators. Ah. And um, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't published by my publisher's Hay House or Random House or any of the other publishers that I've had contracts with because the book was quite controversial. But um, so it was published by a very small American publishing company a man called Mark Ellis published it. And now I'm going to do a sort of an upgraded version and uh, and publish that. So I'm going to renew that book because it was actually, other than Plum Red, uh, which is my latest book, it was the best book I ever wrote called Gladiators.
2: It was intriguing indeed. I remember speaking to you. That's the one you wrote in a remarkably short time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I saw this being that appeared um, at the end of my sofa in Australia. And um, she had this digital fractal golden eye with sort of golden circuitry in her eyes and she showed me the, destru- the destruction of Jerusalem and, and several other visions and then I got this feeling that she wanted me to write a book and so I started the book at 11 o'clock on Sunday night and um I wrote it and finished it at 5 p.m. on Thursday afternoon. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, less than four days. And that was it. I wrote for 23 hours a day, and then I would have a steam bath and a cup of coffee and an egg sandwich, and I'd meditate for 20 minutes, and then I'd write for 23 hours again. So I, I wrote the book in four days, more or less non-stop, with four hours rest.
2: Steam bath and an egg sandwich. <laughs> That's
0: it. Steam bath, wow. egg sandwich, and a cup of coffee. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. Okay, so when that uh, re- revised version going to be ready for us?
0: Well, it'll be done in a week or two and then it has to go to the printer. I mean, before Christmas we should have it, you know. And then I'm thinking of about another, one more book. I mean, I've just bought out a book called Plum Red, which people say is very beautiful. I mean, it's not for me to say it's beautiful, but people say it's very beautiful. And it's sort of spiritual teachings presented as stories from the time of like 250 to 500 BC. And it's stories of the Taoist sages and one particular order of Taoist sages that were known as the um, sages of the plum red robes and so that's why the book's called plum red but it's not in the shops at the moment because we're having difficulty getting distribution and so forth but um if people click it, they'll find it. Uh, we have another site called the sacredtearsofgaia.com and they can buy a mail order from there.
2: Excellent. I just want to remind people because I'm getting 8 million emails here. It's all on, linked up on our homepage. Oh, newsforthisol.com. You've been here a while off and on over the years many times we've talked oh, oh, intriguing many conversations times. many many times and you know i gotta say i think you're one of my favorite human beings
0: thank <laughs> you very much that's very kind of you. <laughs> how
2: long are you in vancouver for
0: oh i've been here for three weeks on and off and i've been around to cologne i did a bunch of healings in cologne and cranbrook and so forth so i'll probably be here like a week 10 days more and then i have to flee because i've got to go work got to go to work
2: I would so love to be able to get together with you while you're in town.
0: Call Ryan for the for the phone number, because I don't want to get through. I No, yeah. okay? nope. oh, Of right. course. Yeah.
2: Yes, indeed. You have a lot of calls. But that would be great if we can connect, and, and I'd love to... Uh, Experience. Yeah, we can. If
0: we can't do it this time, I'll be coming back, so uh, we'll do it next time. I'm sure within a month or two I'll be back here because there's so much stuff going on here at, the, at, the, at this time, you know? And yeah. I'd like to do healings in Victoria Island. Uh, is that what it's called? No, what's it called? Vancouver Island, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Vancouver Island, yes. yeah,
0: yeah. Very nice. And, do, you, do you get
2: drawn where the healings are needed most?
0: I think there is some inner system that draws me to places, but I'm not aware of it, you know?
2: Very interesting. Well, I mean, I might the... get an
0: impulse. For example, I had this impulse to do some healings in London in Battersea Park where the golden Buddha is and I typed it out and suddenly it disappeared from the software it wasn't there so I had a little bit of a sort of irritation and a slight and it threw me dolls out the pram and put the bloody thing (laughs) back in again and it blipped out a second time and then I thought right one more time this is it it cannot possibly blip out and the third time I put London and the details it blipped out a third time So I decided I'm not supposed to do London, not at the moment anyway. So for the software to suddenly just accidentally blip itself out. And it was yeah. an article on Irish healings and Italian healings and so forth. It wasn't like the whole article disappeared, just those couple of sentences that referred to London, and they disappeared three times. So, yeah, maybe there is a guiding system that goes, delete, <laughs> delete. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I don't want it to make it sound like, I don't want to make it sound, Nicole, like there's any specialness involved. You know, the light is for everybody. And yes, I've garnered this light in my hands because of the stigmata. But And so what? You know, who cares, you know? It's only a matter of whether the lady sitting on the stool is going to be cured of her pains, you know, or the gentleman. That's all. That's all that matters. It's all about the humans and their pain. It's nothing to do with anything else,
2: you know? Well, I would just so love to experience this light and uh, be able to tell everyone, you know, what's going on from a different perspective. And let's get together when we can, Stuart.
0: Yeah, well, look, if you want to come to the healings tomorrow, call Ryan and he'll give you the address. He's going to have to ask me for it. But if I get an email from him asking me for the address, then come along. It's 1230 to 330.
2: Okay. All right. Tomorrow. Sounds like a it,
0: date. Yeah. It, right. Near near where we met before, you know. Okay.
2: Yes. I got it. All okay. Right. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I feel very surreptitious. Well, <laughs> the is problem a is is I don't always, want to, uh, Keep us in the loop.
0: Yeah. I don't want to deny people, but I'm so terrified. You know, like one day 5,000 people are going to rock up, you know. And I'm That's just terrified right. of 500 people rocking up because I can only do 80 in two hours. Now i don't know if I see some visions that allow me to sort of zip through five hundred people pinging them, then I could up my, <laughs> up my quota, but at the moment i 'm limited to this sort of <laughs> hands on well, I do people two at a time, and they take sort of a couple of minutes each uh, because you know I use one hand with one person and one hand on the other person's shoulder and um and and doing that, I could do forty an hour eighty in two hours, and that's it you know
2: that's it. Cool. That's well, it, man. I will I will try to be there, and I so appreciate you being here today, Stuart. It's always a great pleasure.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Stuartwild.com will keep you posted on and, and keep us in the loop as things evolve.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I write my blog every day, and there's two or three articles every day, and some of them are teaching articles, and some are sort of things on lucid dreams. And today I posted a funny one about the Mormons and their underpants. <laughs> well, you know the Mormons believe they have magical underpants, and I saw so I did a Mormon <laughs> magical underpants story.
2: I literally never know what you're going to say next. I love that. <laughs> well, the thing is, is,
0: I like to write. I like to write humor into my stuff because some people take spirituality and the journey and metaphysics and religion. They take it really seriously, and there's nothing serious, you know. God's mm-hmm. a comedian, you know. She's very funny.
2: You have to have a the humor. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to have a sense
0: of humour to be God, wouldn't you? So, yeah, no, she's a funny person. And so I just want it all to be light and breezy and normal. You know, spirituality is the act of becoming ever more normal. That's what it is. It's becoming natural and returning to Gaia and your nature self and the normality of things rather than, you know, wandering around with a diaper on your head clanking a bell. Not to say that that's wrong. But it's all a bit over the top, you see. <laughs> it is. It's a thing that you have to evolve through eventually. One day you look at the diaper and you think, this is actually silly. Why is this on my head and why am I clanking a bell? And you go to the <laughs> pub instead.
2: <laughs> there you go. Stuart, well, in a Thanks, Stuart. Yeah, bye-bye bye now. We'll see you soon. <laughs> all right stick around we're just getting started today that was by the way if you missed the intro Stuart Wilde, StuartWilde.com, the one and only and uh more on that to come
4: you're
1: now tuned in to nicole whitney's news for the soul highlights life-changing spotlights she has shared with leading teachers in the human consciousness field since 1997 go now to newsforthesoul.com to hear the full shows totally free That's newsforthesoul.com.
3: Hello, everybody. Welcome to News for the Soul. This is Daniel Brinkley.
2: This is Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. Okay,
3: everybody, take a deep breath. We know that we choose to come to this world, and we're chosen to come to this world, and we've come for breath. We breathe in for ourselves and out for spiritual involvement. And as we breathe these moments, let's open up our heart and open up our souls, and let the true awareness of News for the Soul make its impact now and forever.
5: I'm kind of having me on 2012, <laughs> Nicole. There's uh, a real energetic change going on, and uh, a whole new era of my life is opening up, and I've, been, I've waited for this for a long time. When you have one after the other after the other, it's like, all right, bring them on, whatever, whatever, because they ain't gonna stop me, you know. Ain't <laughs> gonna be stopped. So throw everything you like, you know, and it does not matter, yeah. You know? some of these scientists the ones that understand that the carbon dioxide causes global warming scam is a nonsense they are utterly incredulous at how obvious it is what the real cause of global warming is while it's being completely ignored it's on that lie provably so that all these new laws taxations changes impositions are being justified We haven't seen anything yet I'm not having it. I am not showing up. I will not shut up. And if what I'm saying is true, why should I? No matter what people say about you, I'm, it doesn't
4: matter. It's an illusion.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, David. Oake. Well, it's been a while since we've talked. And- well, I've been in bunker, mate. You
5: know what I mean? I wouldn't be bunker using well, this uh,
2: this new book. I want to find out about the new book, obviously, okay. and a little bit about filling in the blanks. I've had people writing me over the last year and a half, going, "Is David okay? Is everything going all right?" And so you know, we want to address that. Um, all right. Why don't we start there before we get to the book and the new stuff? Okay. As far as how are you? I'm. A, I'm
5: very really good. I'm going through great changes in my life at the moment, and they're manifestations of, of energetic changes. Where I mean, I've been going through another transformation, if you like, over the last kind of year, but it's getting stronger and stronger. I'm kind of having my own 2012, Mm. (laughs) Nicole, I think. There's uh, a real energetic change going on, and uh, a whole new era of my life is opening up, and I've I've waited for this for a long time, because the last phase, which uh, I guess began around 10 years ago, has been real, real tough, and uh, it's uh, something that has been... um, very difficult to get through sometimes uh despite producing all the books you know it's been my most creative period of my life but it's been a real challenge in many ways and uh, the challenges continue but you know life is about not so much challenges but the point from which we observe them you know you can you can look at the same thing and one person sees it completely different to the other and one goes through emotional trauma as a result of at their point of observation of this situation and someone else, it, it, it doesn't matter, you know, just get on with your life, it's, it, it's, not, it's not the problem you think it is, and I tell you what I've started to do as this energetic change has proceeded and got more and more powerful, is that I've taken a different point of observation to everything, and it, it really, really does not help put this illusory, nonsensical crap into perspective, I, I was listening to some uh, interviews with uh, near-death experiences a few weeks ago, and there was tremendous common themes there in terms of what they experienced. But I remember one who said the moment he left the body, there was no past, present, or future. He knew what people were thinking about him. He knew what people had thought about him. He knew what people were going to think about him. There was no sequence. There was no time. There was no space. Everything happened in one now. And, of course, the perspective of this reality while he was encased in the computer, the body that filters reality so that we only experience a small, small, tiny band of infinite possibility. His perspective of that from where he was was just dramatically different. Of course, it was so many things that mattered. Oh, my goodness, is so important. Oh, my goodness, make it so stable. Oh, my God. Well, chill out. It's all an illusion. So I'm more and more putting my point of observation there. Of this world rather than my point of observation being how you're supposed to in emotional and mental terms react to certain things another thing that i I do it, it makes people sometimes difficult to understand why i do certain things is the point of the whole thing that i'm doing is to put before people information and understandings that will allow them to have another view of reality don't mean that to believe it, but at least it will be put before them. And at the end of my life, uh, well, life, the end of this uh, illusory experience, how I will look back from that point of view where that near-death experience there was will be very different to the way I, uh, that people would perceive life as they live it as they go through. And what I mean by that is I will be saying to myself, did I do what I set out to achieve? Did Did I do as much as I possibly could? And if the answer to that is yes, then, you know, I'll feel good. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm pleased about that. But what tends to happen is we get caught in irrelevancies and diversions, and we get pulled from that absolute focus. This is what I've come to achieve, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is going to take my priority. Things that some would think were important in terms of, I don't know, relationships, whatever, to me, they're just part of the uh, illusory journey and okay you you learn from them and you can enjoy them or not enjoy them or whatever but the the focus of my life is first and foremost to put before people information that they don't normally receive because when we view this world and we look back from that vastness of perspective comparatively it's not did you say the right thing to this person did did you go to the right place here all that stuff from the five sense point of view it's our people in that five sense reality in an Orwellian state, are their children being microchipped to birth, are they being completely disconnected from their infinite multidimensional self, or has a contribution been made to stop that happening so that people can experience this reality, and it's just a reality and we can experience it, and you know, a a, a good time, but in freedom of thought, in freedom of action, in freedom of living your perspective. Rather than being born into an Orwellian world of machine-like control, that's where I come from. I come from that perspective of <sighs> I'm going to do what's best for this this work, whatever you want to call it, at all times, and and that makes me live my life with a different set of values in terms of you know what priority in my life and what's not.
2: And it's interesting how, as you mentioned, you know it you go through these changes and awakenings and it's not like the other stuff necessarily goes away you just see it differently yeah exactly but it's still there and maybe amplified even how is the the court case thing going
5: well that runs on and on and it's enormously expensive you know i've had people come into my life in this cycle of 10 years and it's been an interesting from the perspective i am now to look back and See how the people first of all uh, vehemently say how passionate they are in supporting what you're doing, and oh, this information's got to get out, and it's all fantastic, and oh my God, it's so important and at the same time, they make your life and your ability to communicate that work more difficult than anyone else and in this period now that i'm I'm living through, these people. And those influences those energies are, are going out of my life and this is all part of this transformation we can see the problems we have as oh gold, everything's gone wrong what's oh my goodness or we can say hey how do you make uh, steel stronger harder more impossible to destroy you put it through fire you know and you hammer it into uh, what you want uh, no one said it was going to be easy so I've had so many challenges in my life, and it's not just me. I mean, it's because everyone has challenges in their life. But um, I've had so many challenges in the last, uh, like, 20 years that it's like my arthritis, Nicole, to be honest. I've had arthritis since I was uh, 15. I played professional soccer with it till I was 19, and then it got so bad. Oh, no, sorry, 21 it was, not 19. I, I thought I was going to stop at 19, but I kept going till 21. And uh, I played professional soccer and much of the time in agony. But eventually it was too bad I had to give up. And it's kind of, you know, progressed through the years and stuff like that. And to me, pain that would give incredible grief and, and suppress the people's ability to do things and, and, and put them in a really bad space because it's so painful, to me, it's so natural to me to be in pain that it, 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 the threshold just is not the same. And that doesn't mean. You know, I'm, I'm better than anyone else or braver than anyone else or anything like that. It's just the fact that I have experienced pain on a daily basis since, well, I was a teenager virtually. And so, therefore, it's not the same to me. And it's a similar situation with these challenges you get. Just one of the challenges might floor people and, and make them give up. But when you have one after the other after the other, it's like, all right, bring them on, whatever, whatever. Because they ain't going to stop me. You know, let me stop. So throw everything you like, you know, and it doesn't matter. It's like, I really remember the Muhammad Ali fight when he fought George Foreman. And Muhammad Ali was coming towards the end of his uh, career. He was not as fit and strong as he was before. And George Foreman was the big hitter. He He was the man, the champion. No one could beat him. And Ali went in the ring with him. And George Foreman threw punch after punch after punch after punch. And Ali was was virtually throwing no punches because he was just defending himself from uh, damage. And then in the end, Foreman had punched himself out so much he could hardly lift his his, his hands in the air, never mind punch anybody. And Ali hit him and he went down. I, I come from that perspective, if you like. Not I want to hit anybody or, or hurt anybody. But these challenges and people that try to bring me down and, and, and people that try to make what I'm doing more difficult, often while saying that they're trying to support me, That is just, you know, okay, just another thing to deal with, so we'll deal with it, okay? And through all of this uh, period of 10 years, like I say, while all this has been going on, it's been a tremendously creative period for me. It's been the most creative period of my life, with book after book after book after book. And I've been through this uh, situation to uh, secure control of my books, which is still going on, although we're we're further down the road than we were when we started. And without the the financial support of people that support me through the website, you know, that, that we would be finished now I mean there would be no books be, none of my books would be in circulation there'd be no nuance uh, simple as that and it's been a fantastic encouragement to me uh, on a level that people who've contributed would will never, never fully understand to see in the situation that I'm in trying to communicate affirmation through blockages in our society which is, which is actually structured to stop this stuff coming out obviously that, that there is so much support and I'm not on my own it feels like it sometimes, but but I know I'm not, and this court cases show me that, and so it has its positive side. So, in this period where I've been involved in legal things and going to court to get control of my books again, I've also written a really major work, which is just been finished, it's going to come out in September, which is pulling together all the things that i've researched and come up with over the last 20 years plus a, a massive new stuff and it's fitting the dots together you know and at the end of the day i, I sometimes i've been working 12 hours a day on it six at six in the morning i like to work early uh through to six at night sometimes eight at night and it's been such a mental challenge because there's so many dots to connect and so much information to hold in your head until you can connect it with this and weave it with this But sometimes i walked out of the little office where I work like a zombie. You know, what day is it? What planet is it? What's my name? But this has all been done while all this stuff's been going on. So it is possible, despite efforts to divert you, despite efforts to block what you're trying to do, it's still possible to deal with that and still keep walking Mm -hmm. and still keep producing. And I I think this is the the most comprehensive and and cutting-edge book that I've come up with so far.
2: I've always noticed that it's amazing what we can do when we have to, when we're pushed to the wall and extended by these kinds of things. So what is the book called?
5: Uh, well, it's, it's called the, uh, the David Ike Guide to the Global Conspiracy, and the subtitle is uh, Brackets and How to End It. And it's weaving together not just how the conspiracy works, but the nature of reality and how it's manipulated, how we create reality how the body is a computer and we identify with the computer as who we are when we're really consciousness and there's lots of people doing fantastic work communicating now the five cents level of this manipulation the banking scam the political manipulation the wars on terror and 9-11 all that stuff and, and that's all in the book it's all weaved together with all this other stuff but to really a understand the scale of what's going on And the foundation of it, which is the manipulation of our reality by understanding how we create reality while at the same time structuring society and education and science so that we don't know that. If we don't know how we create reality and the manipulators do, well, you know, I mean, it's, you know, talk about candy from a baby. It's it's a piece of cake to manipulate vast numbers of people. If you don't understand that, then you can reveal and, and it needs to be, and congratulations to them. You can reveal the way the five-cents level of reality works and how it's manipulated and how the secret societies operate and how and politicians are, are wangled into position and, and how they're not in power at all. They're, they're just vehicles for people in the shadows of the real power structure. You can do all that, and, and it should be done. But to really understand the big, big level within which that plays out as a as, as a physical experience... We need to understand the nature of reality, and we also need to understand that for the crucial part of the book and the crucial part of what we're doing, which is, okay, there's a manipulation going on, that we're we're being manipulated to operate in five-sense reality and disconnect from multidimensional consciousness so that we have a tiny, tiny perspective on life and who we are instead of being able to see it in the greater vastness of all that is to do that we've got to understand reality and how we create it so that we can stop having people manipulate our reality to suit them and start to create our own one that we want and take the freedom back to create our own universes rather than have to be imprisoned in someone else's all that's in the book and I'm so pleased with it because of the way the dots connect and the more that I worked on it the more the dots connected the the more blatant and uh, understandable became the way the world is structured today. Why things are done in certain ways, why they're structured in certain ways, why this happens, why that happens, why they do it that way. Once you get the bigger picture, you get the coordinates for who we are, where we are, and what's going on, then the world starts to make absolute sense because it's so important that the pressure groups of various kinds that are challenging the environmental things, they're challenging banking scams, they're challenging the pharmaceuticals, uh, government manipulation. We need to understand they're actually challenging the same force. And all these different things that these pressure groups are set up to campaign against or for are actually faces on the same, uh, or masks on the same face. And uh, we need to start getting together and understanding this, otherwise we're just divided and ruled even at the level of campaigning to, to change the injustices of the world. Another area that I, I go into in some detail in the book, and I think it's becoming increasingly important, Nicole, to be honest, and that's uh, global warming. The, what I call the carbon cultists are now uh, using uh, global warming to bring in a change more and more draconian, appropriately, draconian rules, laws, uh, more and more taxation, more and more reasons to stop doing this or to do that. It's becoming more the problem reaction-solution excuse But even 9-11. It's very, very important that, that people realize that yes, the temperature is going up, but the lie is in the why. Why is it going up? It's going up not because of human carbon dioxide emissions. It's going up because the Sun is generating more solar radiation. And when you hear the propaganda the world's top scientists are all agreed. No, they're not all agreed. The United Nations uh, panel on climate change is actually a political organization. And many, many, many scientists, that even involved in the report, don't agree with the conclusions that the report comes to, which have been communicated through an unquestioning media to to the public who get the impression that everyone's agreed. No, they're not. And the evidence is absolutely blatant and stunning that the sun is emitting more solar radiation, therefore it's warming. And and that's why other planets, including Mars and others, are also getting hotter. Now, let me think. Now, these different planets in this solar system all getting hotter at the same time. Now, what's the common theme? Um, Do they have... um, do they have factories on Mars? Do we ever see a picture of that? And there's on Mars and things. Oh, what was what it? What could it be? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's um, It maybe it's turbocharged trucks on Jupiter. Maybe that's what it is. It's the sun. Of course, it's the sun. It's the common theme. And what a staggering thing, Nicole. What a staggering kind of conclusion to come to. That when the sun gets hotter, the planet temperature goes up have you noticed that when you go out and the sun comes out it gets warmer i mean this is uh, some of these scientists are the ones that understand that the carbon dioxide causes global warming scam is a nonsense they are utterly incredulous at how obvious it is what the real cause of global warming is while it's being completely ignored and when you look at the graph of what they call sunspot activity, when there's more and more energy being generated from the sun. I mean, some of these sunspots, these great explosions on the sun, some of them are are, are as big as Jupiter. And the more sunspot activity that you see, the more solar radiation is being projected into the solar system, and the more the temperature goes up. And we had a situation hundreds of years ago where they had what scientists call the medieval warm period, when the temperature was higher than it is today. And so you say, hold on a second. I read history about the medieval period. I never heard anything about turbocharged handcarts. Did, did you hear about that? And the exhaust fumes coming out of flowers and stuff. I don't remember that. So what caused global warming in the medieval warm period? The sun did. And there was a period of great sunspot activity. Then sunspot activity started to fall until it reached the point where it was measured by an observer, a scientist called Maunder, and it's got the scientific name now, the Maunder Minimum, when sunspot activity virtually, not stopped, but almost, was unmeasurable. Un- and that's when we had, following the medieval warm period, what science calls the Little Ice Age. This is the Little Ice Age when you still see some of the pictures on Christmas cards, back in the 1600s, 1700s, when people were, were literally having ice bears on the t- River Thames, because it had frozen over. Then the sunspot activity started to increase and the temperature on Earth started to rise. And it went up and up and up. And the graph of sunspot activity increased to Earth temperature increase is like they're connected by magnets. They are absolutely at one, the two of them. It, it went up the sunspot activity and temperature to 1940, at which point it fell, sunspot activity fell, and so therefore did temperature, from 1940 to 1975 so much so nicole that the bbc uh, in the early 70s were doing documentaries about the possibility of a coming ice age and they were showing mocked up pictures of london frozen under ice and and the great weather catastrophe was going to be an ice age from 1975 the sunspot activity started rising again and so did earth temperature and the, both of them one following the other have gone on rising ever since until we reach today carbon dioxide is a minor greenhouse gas 95% of greenhouse gases is water vapour I've got a great idea let's ban water hey let's, let's have a kind of blockage on the amount of water we can produce. I mean, please. So you've got carbon dioxide being a small, a fractional percentage of greenhouse gases, and uh, the amount that humans produce is a fraction of that. Now, I'm not saying pollution's a good thing. This is where they, this is where they divert you and change the point of the argument. I'm not saying that pollution's a good thing. It would be great to have less pollution. Of course it would. But the question is not that in the case of global warming, it's do carbon dioxide emissions cause the rising temperature? Because it's on that lie, provably so, that all these new laws, taxations, changes, impositions are being justified. I we ain't saying anything yet, that this theory is growing all the time. And there are certain red flags, alarm bells that go off when you research this subject for as long as I have. And one of them is called Al Gore. <laughs> the very fact that Al Gore whatever Al Gore is involved in is a scam because he's a front man for the mob the Illuminati this is the reason why when he was blatantly not allowed to be president when he had the votes to be so and Bush won in 2000 he never kicked up the stink that anyone else would in that situation when it was quite obvious there'd been a, a manipulation of the vote uh, he didn't do it because that wasn't his role, he knows his place. And now he becomes a priest, because it's become a religion, of the carbon cult. And he's produced this documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, and the book of the same name. I understand, my goodness me, he's been proposed for the Nobel Peace Prize. Well for making a documentary, telling lies? I mean, is it me or what? And anything that Al Gore is involved in is part of the scam. So you, you put all these things together, and global warming is, well, not global warming because the temperature's going up, but the fact that it's caused by carbon dioxide emissions is one of the major cards being played now to push on the Orwellian centralized state.
2: Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Is, is that in
5: your book? Yes, yes, in, in detail, with the uh, the graphs and stuff to to show. And, and one other thing that happens, uh, Nicole, that affects temperature is that When there's an increase in solar radiation hitting the Earth, there is a decrease in cosmic rays. And it's cosmic rays interacting with water vapor that creates clouds. And, of course, if there's a reduction in cosmic rays, there's a reduction in cloud activity. Therefore, there's a much greater amount of solar radiation goes directly to the Earth and the temperature goes up. And, again, the graph of the cosmic rays stroke against sunspot activity is, are, again, two graphs with a magnet that go up and down with each other. Of course they do, because one's, one's causing the reaction from the other. It is not even vaguely theoretical that increased solar radiation is the cause of global warming. It's clear, provable fact. The reason that we don't know that, except that there was a wonderful documentary in this country a few months ago uh, called uh, The Great Global Warming Swindle, in which these scientists, and and really, really at the top of their professions and their specialities, were actually given a platform at last just once to say carbon-caused global warming is a nonsense and explain why. And the reason that that's not known by most people is because the propaganda is all one way. And again, there are other alarm bells in situations when there's a scam going on. And one of them is when only one side of the argument is uh, given and stressed against a situation where anyone who's put in the alternative is not challenged on the facts. They are attacked. Personally, and dismissed in terms of almost... There's this is phrase now that's been thrown around by some of these carbon cultists um, called global warming deniers. Mm-hmm. It's like Holocaust denier, you know. It, by definition, you're a really bad person and you don't care about people and you don't care about the earth and you're really, really horrible if you say, actually, this global warming is being caused by something else. And when you've got that combination ever of one side of the argument being stressed and anyone put putting the other side of the argument being attacked personally and vilified personally then you've got a massive scab on your hands and, and these scientists were, were saying how if you put forward a research project which is based on global warming is caused by carbon dioxide you get the funding you, you do the opposite you put forward a desire for funding to bring about research that shows that it's the sun no way do you get the funding. In fact, you start to get vilified within the profession. Some of these scientists have had death threats simply by saying, it's a scam, it's a lie, this is not caused by that. And that's always an obvious sign of a massive manipulation going on, and it is. It is, that's what it is. And it's, uh, it's really up front now, really at the cutting edge of the justifications for pushing the agenda forward.
2: Well, it uh, smacks of manipulation in, in the way it's been delivered in, in, you know, like you said, introducing taxes and creating more ways of lack and limitation kind of energy in the media. Mm-hmm. And definitely it's been a very unpopular thing to speak against. And uh, I think you're definitely onto something there. It's been interesting not being able to voice that in very many places, as you say. Right. But Definitely a sign.
5: But the thing is, if what you're saying is correct, then keep saying it, because eventually it'll be proved so. I mean, one of of the reasons that so many people are turning to my books and information in latter years is because what was in them years ago is now happening. And so I'd say to people, just because people hurl abuse at you or try to undermine you or whatever, again, coming back to what we talked about earlier, point of perspective, if your point of perspective is in this world and what people think of you because you're caught in the illusion then you might shut up if you start saying things and get a bad reaction but if you hold the perspective what would i think of what i'm doing what would my choice be if i was coming from the perspective outside the body then of course from that perspective you would think oh my goodness me why did i shut up because it didn't matter because it was just a delusion what does it matter what people said to me why did i shut up so, and if you can hold that perspective while you're here then you don't shut up because you, you know that what people say about you it does not matter from the perspective of the wider consciousness infinite consciousness out of body consciousness So, just keep talking, and if what you're saying is right, it will eventually prove to be so. And one thing's for sure, if you shut up and walk away, nothing's going to change, and those that are putting the lies out to manipulate the masses of the people, they're just going to have a free reign to do it. I'm not having that. I will not have that. I will not shut up. I will not shut up under any circumstances, and people can hurl as much abuse as they like, undermine me as much as they like, this left foot is going in front of the right foot, and then the right foot's going in front of the left foot, and then I'm going to start a jog, and then I'm going to start a sprint, and you try to stop me. You know, yes, yes, yes. you can't say that. Oh, just listen. You got ears? I did Yeah, Great. Okay. Just listen. You watch me say it. And that has a power in itself. We are far more powerful than ever we think that we are, because we still observe ourselves from the body-computer level of reality. We look in the mirror and we think that's ours. No, it's not. I don't do that anymore. When I look in the mirror, I see see a vehicle. I see a, a highly advanced computer. That's what I see. I am consciousness. You are consciousness. We're all consciousness. We're all the same infinite consciousness. And that infinite consciousness has infinite power for change, infinite power for creativity, infinite power for genius, infinite power for everything, because that's what it is, infinite. It's all. So if we can live our lives within this computer, not relate who we are to it, but know it's a vehicle to experience this frequency range, which allows us to pick things up, because of course if we didn't have a body that resonated within the frequency range you want to interact with. We couldn't pick anything up because consciousness is vibrating so fast that it would uh, just pass through it. There'd be no interaction. And so it's a vehicle. But we have been kidded and manipulated into believing the vehicle is us. It's like being a, a, you know, at your desk and looking on the PC and stuff and thinking the computer's you. People say that's crazy. You know, if you, were, if, you, if you were two spacemen on the moon and one of them started identifying who he was with his spacesuit, I mean, what would, they, what would they say? I mean, you know, the other guy would be, I used we've got a problem. Bill thinks he's in his spacesuit. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, he's gone mad. Well, he may have done, but that's what we're doing all the time because we don't realize it's a spacesuit. We think it's us. And if we can tap in to that level of infinite consciousness, then it's not David Icke or Nicole or Bill Smith who's actually expressing into this reality it's infinite consciousness is doing it infinite power, infinite ability for creativity and all the other stuff I was talking about so we become the whole expressing itself in this reality through what we call a body instead of being just a little me because I'm just a body and I'm this all I am and what can I do and I'm just no public and never ever so powerful and what can I do? it's a completely different uh, point of perspective so I'm not having it. I'm not, I am not showing up. I will not shut up. And if what I'm saying is true, why should I? If it isn't, I shouldn't be saying it. <laughs> so, um, you know, it not matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter how people seek to disrupt you or hurl abuse at you or try to get people to think bad of you or all this stuff. It doesn't matter.
2: It's an
4: illusion.
2: I can't tell you how many times I've been listening to the news lately, especially over the last year with the amount of bills that have whooshed through, especially in the, the states as far as taking, you know, civil liberties, what's left of them, and um, rewriting them. Uh, the most recent being, I think it was about a month ago, when they declared that George Bush had the power to single-handedly, without counsel with anyone, declare um, national emergency.
5: That's right. The truth is, uh, George Bush hasn't got the power to tie shoelaces. He's the vehicle through which the people with power are bringing that stuff in and will dictate when it does and when it doesn't. But, you know, you're absolutely right. I've got a, an archive on my website. And one of the archives is Big Brother and all those kind of stories. If anyone wants to go through those, because, you know, like you do, you know, you you... Uh, have the website and you have the news and stuff so you, you're constantly seeing stuff that most people don't see because most of it doesn't get on the news the, the main news are in the main newspapers and the the rate of uh, imposition and the destruction of basic freedoms is just breathtaking that uh, not just the speed but the breadth and scale of kind of real basic freedoms that have been taken away but i, I see this in a, i go into this in the book i, I see this in a from a rather different perspective. um, I don't think the prime reason for all this is more control. I think the prime reason for it is holding on to the control that's already there. Of course, to an extent, they're getting more control by doing these things. But the reason it's happening now is because there is an energetic change going on. It's one of these great cycles. And energy is uh, coming into this reality which is starting to act like a spiritual alarm clock. It's starting to wake people up. And I've been a barometer for this over the last 20 years because when I started, no one wanted to know. Uh, they just laughed in my face and laughed at me on the telly and, and laughed at me in the street. There was just no interest, really, but apart from a few. And now I've seen it's exponential, it's gathering pace, and the curve is going up ever more steeply of people that are beginning to open their minds to this and and wake up and see what they would have laughed at before. I was on a a ferry the other day where this smart-suited guy came up to me and said, can I talk to you? I want to uh, discuss things with you. And uh, he sat down. It turns out he's a physicist, this guy. And he said, "Well, how do you see reality, basically?" And I, I explained about the the body, the computer, the holographic internet, as I call it, the, with this this reality, and all the stuff that we've talked about before in this program. And uh, he's going, "Oh my god, that makes so much sense!" And he's a bloody physicist. And there are people now, even even in the left brain professions, where, where they find getting their heads around some of this stuff very difficult, because their right brain is under stimulated. Mm they're beginning to open their minds to this I, I know people who i would have thought oh my goodness me no way that guy's going to wake up in my lifetime and suddenly they're really uh, seriously woken up and uh, because we're not learning anything new we're remembering what we already know by removing the barriers we create and throw around these energetic barriers that disconnect us from that level of knowledge that level of knowing that is always there but we shut ourselves off from it and are manipulated to do that by the way society is structured so there is this change going on this energetic change and it is really starting to have an effect i mean some people have uh, connected it to the mayan calendar of 2012 and this great end of one cycle of energetic cycle the start of another and clearly though the the parallels are obvious uh, there has to be a connection my feeling is on 2012 it's not going to be one minute or one hour in one year when there's suddenly going to be this fast change I think it's, it's 2012 is the, is the window a window in the midst of this change which is uh, gathering pace all the time and by 2012 it's going to be much further forward than it is now and so at the level of the real power brokers the real power point of power which is expressing itself through the Bushes and the Blairs and the, and the Kissingers they know this is happening and they've been preparing for it coming and so it's no accident, Nicole, absolutely none whatsoever, that in the time that this awakening and this energetic change is happening, this is the very time that they've whacked in all these Orwellian changes and what they're really looking for is uh, microchipped people And on one level, yes, it's about electronic tagging and knowing where everyone is. But the real reason is to manipulate the electrochemical processes of the body to shut it down from accessing this higher consciousness that's now becoming available. One of the things I've done in this uh, new book, if you look at things like chloride in the water, aspartame, this horrendous sugar substitute that's in virtually everything now, anything that says sugar-free aspartame, and uh, you look at additives in food all different kinds of uh, food and drink, mobile phone frequencies and stuff like that, mobile phone masts and other communication frequencies. There is a real common theme among all of them, and that is they excite brain cells to stop the brain working properly and efficiently. And the other thing is their effect on the pineal gland in the center of the brain. And the pineal gland is reckoned to connect into the third eye and into a dimensional connection and the pineal gland comes up again and again in terms of the adverse effect of all these things I'm talking about. This is why the the book will be such an eye-opener for people because once you get the perspective of what's going on, the individual things like this in that drink or this in that food and mobile phones and all that stuff, it all starts to come together, and you can see how it's been coordinated to have a, a, a particular effect. And the fundamental effect is to shut down even more our ability to access knowledge understanding wisdom beyond the five sense reality and to be able to see this world for what it really is so the microchip is the jewel in the crown of this campaign to prisoners in this reality because the brain is like the central processing unit of the computer on your desk. The central processing unit that's the one that filters and sorts out all the information traffic. Well, that's what the brain does. The brain receives information from all over the body and it sends out information to all over the body. It's the central processing unit. In fact, the central processing unit in a computer is known by uh, computer people as the brain of the computer. Now, the CPU, as they call it, the central processing unit in a computer is a microchip. And if you put a microchip into the body and you know what you're doing, then you are able to manipulate the messages going around the body, the electrochemical, electrochemical messages, which are creating reality. And one of the other things that I've really gone into in the book in, in, in some detail is to show just how much the body is not ours. And one of the ways I've shown that is that emotion, and what we call thought, on a five-cent level of thought, they are not us. They are electrochemical processes. This is why people can become depressed if they uh, live next to a mobile phone mast or live under power lines, and they can become depressed if they have certain chemicals, like a a woman here two years ago who'd been in clinical depression for 40 years, and then uh, someone suggested, or asked her, can you think of anything that you did or happened to you 40 years ago that caused all this she'd been in out of a mental institutions for 40 years this woman and she said the only thing I can remember is that I had lots of tooth fillings done so that, I think it was about 19 so the person suggested that maybe it was mercury that would cause this so she had the mercury fillings taken out and replaced by others she had a mercury detox and what happened 40 years of depression disappeared and yet Nicole if Someone had said about that person, what was their personality? Who are they? They'd have said, oh, she's a manic depressive. No, that wasn't her. It was the effect of mercury on her body computer. So we are thinking even that our emotions are us when they are a body computer phenomenon. Once again, a common theme of accounts from near-death experiences. Is that they did not, in the near death state, the out of body state, they did not have emotion that we would perceive as emotion. It wasn't; they were cold and emotionless, as we we think you have to be if you're not feeling human emotion. They were in a very different state of being, which did not include these low vibrational emotions, which hold us in servitude to them and cause our behavior and perspective to be distorted. It's a, it's a body-computer phenomenon. And once again, we need, if we're going to get out of this manipulated limitation and sense of limitation, we need to stop identifying with our emotions. All right, we're going to get emotional because we were in the body, and it's the body that gets emotional. I mean, people say, it's not human. Well, what's human? Out-of-body consciousness is not human, it's consciousness. What is human? What makes us human? The computer, the computer program, the hard drive of the computer, which we call the DNA, the, c- the cellular structure, that is what makes us human, that program. That's why when you come into the body and you, you experience this world through it, you perceive yourself to be human, and you act in a human way, or what people sometimes call an inhuman way, if acting in certain ways. But the point being, that what makes us human is the computer. We are not human. Hum- human is what we are experiencing, we are consciousness and if you move your perspective to see everything from the point of view of consciousness rather than being human then your whole perspective changes and once again as i was saying earlier the way you act towards people the way you act in certain situations which people around you maybe think you should act in this way because they think you should act according to program but you act in a completely different way because you realize that it is a program and that these things that we take so seriously these various interactions are utterly irrelevant it's computer level of reality interacting with each other we need to come from consciousness where you see that this stuff is irrelevant and therefore treat it as such and don't, don't get diverted by it and just keep the focus of what consciousness would do rather than what the body computer is programmed to do because one will keep us in the prison cell and one will fling the door
2: open well, I know we're almost at the top of the hour already and you've got a grandchild being born as we speak. So, <laughs> that's right. About about
5: 10 minutes before I um, started, um, I got a call that my my daughter is in, is started labor to uh, deliver uh, my second grandchild. Uh, so, um it's uh it, there's so many things happening in my life which are the old going out and that old tired energy dying and um disappearing out of my life and a real new vibrant, positive, optimistic energy coming in and this is the deck cycle and I can't wait for it to start motoring
2: and you know a lot of people have been reporting that kind of real major shift going on for them right now So it's, yeah exactly
5: it's this is the energetic change taking place but you know, if you're a transistor radio and you're tuned to radio 1 radio 2 may be in the atmosphere waiting to be tuned to but if you don't move your dial to radio 2 you're going to stay on radio 1 And so there is tremendous opportunity now happening for us to absolutely open up to a vast new understanding or memory of of who we are and the nature of reality and how we can control our reality instead of having it control us. And it's all there waiting to be tuned to. All we gotta do is lose all these programmed responses and programmed emotions and programmed sense of victimization that keep us from the full magnitude of who we are and that whole cycle in my life is coming to an end and I tell you it's, uh, the more I feel this new energy coming in uh, it's it's like the world it's like the world it was never was it's just a completely different way of living life and, and experiencing life and it's 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 impossible to describe unless you've experienced it and I like you say quite rightly more and more people are doing that but they they have to be like the snake and shed the skin shed the old skin, the old energetic skin and all its emotional uh, ties and and limitations and demands and this is a situation so you must act like this in this situation because my program says so and if you don't then I must react against you for not doing what I want and think you should do and all that stuff, shed that skin and uh, come from a point of view of consciousness and bingo That the world changes and it's a wonderful wonderful time to be in this reality not to be alive because we're always alive we're infinite life infinite consciousness eternal but to be in this reality now is a wonderful wonderful time we are going to make great change here and uh, the orwellian state while it seems to be getting stronger and stronger it's in a desperate desperate panic-stricken um, effort to stop the inevitable happening it is standing up in a river trying to hold the river back, or even perhaps more appropriately, standing on the seashore trying to hold the tide back. Mm. It can build a few walls, it can build a few groins and put a few rocks in the way. Yes, it can. But that tide's coming in, and no one's going to stop it. So the Illuminati's like King Canute, um, or whoever it was in the King Canute tried to hold the tide back and couldn't, they think they have power there, compared with the, the, the power of infinite consciousness, the Illuminati, and all the power structures, they're like uh, flies on an elephant's back, and we're going to see that.
2: Well, I have a jillion more questions. I hope we can get you back on the show, really. No
5: problem. Yeah, no, it's been great, Nicole. Yeah. It's a wonderful
2: time. It really is. It's very exciting, and, and I'm so grateful that you're a part of it, and a part of the show, and thank you so much for being here, David. Pleasure, Nicole. Thank you very much. Take care. Talk soon.
5: I to go off and have a baby now. Yeah. <laughs> well, have fun
2: with that. Okay.
5: Well, uh, if, if you contact me whenever you, uh, uh, whenever
2: you feel the need for another one. Absolutely. Well, I would actually love to um, do audience questions for the next one, and, and really because
5: you know oh, okay. you're on a
2: roll, right? Well, what,
5: what, what we could we could do it when the book's launched, if you like.
2: Oh, that's what I want to ask you too. Where and how? Well,
5: it's going to be launched in September, and. Um, uh, it's it's finished and um, it's just at the design stage now of the book. So it should be at the printers by late July, which will give us books in our hands by early September.
2: Awesome, great. Well, let's get you on by then and do some more questions. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe late like August something like that. Absolutely perfect. Okay. Okay. Well, Cheers, my dear. are you? All right? are you well? Yeah. Yeah. It's been been a big transition period for me too. I
5: know. It can be a bugger. It can really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm going through a, I'm going through an absolute cleansing in my life. Uh,
2: cleansing is the word.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So many. Or everything that's not necessary, or that's holding you back, or that is manipulating you. Yeah. They're all. They're, they they can't hold on to you anymore. Yeah. You know the cl- the clutches. Um, the, the, the energetic clutches are just um, you know uh, falling away yeah they can't do it because as you enter uh, higher frequencies of energy those lower frequencies of energy that have been able to to, to lock into you and and, 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 uh, and uh, put their clutches into you they can't hold on anymore because radio one can't hold on to radio two once radio two expresses that frequency
2: yeah it's, it's very true and it becomes real apparent
5: yeah what happens in the outer world is that people in your life disappear and other people come in. Mm-hmm. Um, things that you do they change and other things come in, and uh, it's like the changing of the guard, the energetic guard, and it's uh, it's a wonderful time. And I feel so, uh, I feel such a sense of freedom since uh, certain things have happened in my life in the the last uh, little while, and uh, it's uh, it's like um, it's just like great weights have fallen from my shoulders and uh, I I've, it's just fantastic.
2: Great to talk to you again. It's been a pleasure. Talk to
3: This is Satyan Raja, and you're listening to News for the Soul. Be open in your mind, your body, your being. Allow yourself to drench in
5: this awesome information to evolve you to your next place.
3: Did you know that News for the Soul is home to the largest totally free life-changing audio resource on the World Wide Web? And did you know that journalist and single mom Nicole Whitney is single-handedly making this freely available for you to hear? That's why your support is critical to help keep News for the Soul totally free. You can help in several ways. Firstly, you can tell everyone you know about News for the Soul. So many people out there still do not know about this totally free, life-changing resource. So do us, yourself, and your friends a favor and pass it on today. Secondly, financial support for News for the Soul helps keep the show going, whether it's through advertising, donations, or purchases of our exclusive audio and video packages, like the one and only spoon bending kit, which will teach you how to bend metal with your mind for real. This support helps keep us on the air. Go to newsforthesoul.com now to find out more. We invite you to help us help the world, and thanks for tuning in. It's listeners like you who have made News for the Soul the number one life-changing talk radio show in the world. According to Google and AOL, together we are already making a difference in our world. So thank you for listening and thanks in advance for your support. Now let's get back to the show. Attention like-minded business owners, do you have an amazing solution? a product or service for the soul something we can't find out about in mainstream media then we have a solution for you news for the soul is airing its solutions for the soul networking fundraiser show and you could be one of our guests this is an amazing opportunity to join host Nicole Whitney on the air to talk about your solution and share your information with the world all guests must be pre-screened and there is a fee to participate All proceeds directly keep the News for the Soul show archived totally free for the world to hear, and all interviews are aired indefinitely online after the show. To find out more, go to newsforthesoul.com and click on the Solution Show banner now. That's newsforthesoul.com. And don't let fear stand in your way. This could be your turn to shine in the News for the Soul spotlight.
6: In December 2005, news for The Soul host, Nicole Whitney, experienced the most dramatic, life-changing psychic reading of her life. In that brief 10-minute mini-session, she released years of emotional baggage when Carrie O'Connor connected with a recently deceased family member, bringing Nicole a life-changing message from beyond the grave. Since that fateful day, Nicole has invited Carrie O'Connor on as a regular news for the soul guest to do readings on the air. But you do not have to wait. Carrie is available for private sessions right now. Nicole has laughingly suggested wearing goggles and a helmet for these sessions because the powerful energy that seems to come through Carrie when she's doing a reading. But don't take our word for it. Experience it for yourself. So pack up your goggles and helmet and book your life-changing session with Carrie O'Connor today. Go to insideout-outsidein.com. That's insideout-outsidein.com.
7: Who are you? Why are you here? What is the meaning of life? These burning questions have plagued mankind throughout our existence. How would you like to experience the process that would allow you to have some of the answers? Answers that would cause you to live with higher awareness and deeper authenticity from now on? Well, you can. Warrior Sage is offering an experiential five-day enlightenment workshop called Illumination Intensive. Regularly, about $3,000 to attend, Satyan Raja of Warrior Sage is offering this life-changing five-day course to News for the Soul listeners totally for free. That's right. The tuition has been completely waived for all News for the Soul listeners. Satyan says this experience is so profound, he wants to share it with the world. So don't miss out on this special opportunity. To have your own direct experience of awakening with Warrior Sage, go to illuminationintensive.com now and tell them News for the Soul sent you. That's illuminationintensive.com.
3: How would you like to learn how to bend metal with your mind for real? Well, you can. News for the Soul is home to the one and only Spoon Bending Kit. An instantly downloadable digital gift that contains two hours of audio and visual instructions designed to get your mind out of the way. And teach you how to truly affect solid matter just with your thoughts. Find out once and for all how you are affecting your reality with every thought you think. Don't let anything block you from creating the life that you want. Download the NewsForTheSoul.com spoon bending kit today. Just go to NewsForTheSoul.com right now and click on the bent spoon. That's NewsForTheSoul.com.
1: Hey, this is Dave Morehouse, and you're listening
5: to News for the Soul.
3: This has been News for the Soul with Nicole
7: Whitney. Visit us anytime online at www.newsforthesoul.com, where you can listen to all our previously aired shows at any time and so much more. Have a great week, and remember, what you focus on expands. Get ready. It's time for News for the Soul. Life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. Join us as we celebrate 11 years of empowerment broadcasts, becoming the number one life-changing talk radio show in the world, according to Google, AOL, MSN, YouTube, and more, and home to the largest totally free transformational audio library in the world all found at newsofthesoul.com. And now, here's your host and the founder of News for the Soul, the one they're calling the Oprah of the Internet, Nicole Whitney.
2: Good morning, Monday morning. Well, it is here in Vancouver, BC, Canada, and we're live for a special show, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. My guest, a regular of many, many years on News for the Soul, yay. One of my favorite people and one of the most, uh, intriguing uh, adventures on the air to date. The quote-unquote most controversial speaker in the world. We're going to be talking about what's new, what's the latest. I'm sure swine flu and those kinds of latest current events are going to work their way into the conversation, which I'm sure, as always, will be intriguing and and inspiring and perhaps even surprising. We're going to try to get him on the line here momentarily. And uh, also, I have put it out to field some questions never had a chance really to do that prior uh with david so we'll see if we can work some of those questions you sent in into the show and here's what we'll do we'll get the breaks out of the way not that they're in the way but we'll get them done so we can go straight through hopefully live with david momentarily davidike.com is his website and if you miss any of this show our website where you can hear it all free all the time forevermore newsforthesoul.com we will see you in a couple of minutes
8: For years, News for the Soul listeners have had a direct experience with their power to create their reality through our exclusive Spoon Bending Kit, a mind over matter training that teaches you how to bend metal with your mind for real. Well, what if you can use that same technology on your finances? What if you can take your same intention power and use it on the so-called recession? Well, you can. News for the Soul has just announced the release of its newest life-changing kit, the Prosperity Kit. We've combined the intention technology of our spoon bending kits with a decade of research to create a program that has the power to change your financial life. Isn't it time to transcend fear and live the way we intended? For real? Go now to newsforthesoul.com and click on the Prosperity Kit banner. That's newsforthesoul.com.
6: In December 2005, News for the Soul host Nicole Whitney experienced the most dramatic, life-changing, psychic reading of her life. In that brief 10-minute mini-session, she released years of emotional baggage when Carrie O'Connor connected with a recently deceased family member, bringing Nicole a life-changing message from beyond the grave. Since that fateful day, Nicole has invited Carrie O'Connor on as a regular news for the soul guest to do readings on the air. But you do not have to wait. Carrie is available for private sessions right now. Nicole has laughingly suggested wearing goggles and a helmet for these sessions because of the powerful energy that seems to come through Carrie when she's doing a reading. But don't take our word for it. Experience it for yourself. So pack up your goggles and helmet and book your life-changing session with Carrie O'Connor today. Go to kerryoconnor.com. Com. That's
3: How would you like to learn how to bend metal with your mind for real? Well, you can. News for the Soul is home to the one and only Spoon Bending Kit, an instantly downloadable digital gift that contains two hours of audio and visual instructions designed to get your mind out of the way and teach you how to truly affect solid matter just with your thoughts. Find out once and for all how you are affecting your reality with every thought you think. Don't let anything block you from creating the life that you want. Download the newsforthesoul.com spoon bending kit today. Just go to newsforthesoul.com right now and click on the bent spoon. That's newsforthesoul.com.
7: Who are you? Why are you here? What is the meaning of life? These burning questions have plagued mankind throughout our existence. How would you like to experience a process that would allow you to have some of the answers? Answers that would cause you to live with higher awareness and deeper authenticity from now on? Well, you can. Warrior Sage is offering an experiential five-day enlightenment workshop called Illumination Intensive. Regularly about $3,000 to attend, Satyan and Rasha of Warrior Sage is offering this life-changing five-day course to News for the Soul listeners totally for free. That's right. The tuition has been completely waived for all News for the Soul listeners. Satian says this experience is so profound he wants to share it with the world. So don't miss out on this special opportunity. To have your own direct experience of awakening with Warrior Sage, go to IlluminationIntensive.com now and tell them news for the soul sent you. That's IlluminationIntensive.com.
6: Are you in pain? overweight, unwell, stuck, or unhappy with any area of your life, healing from the body level up can help you. HBLU is a unique mind-body holistic psychotherapy for the 21st century. Created by Dr. Judith Swack, HBLU is an effective way to eliminate struggle by clearing mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual blocks to success so you can rapidly achieve the results you want to live a full, happy, healthy, and satisfying life. Tune in to our next News for the Soul broadcast featuring Dr. Judith Swack or visit hblu.org right now to find out more. That's hblu.org.
8: For years, News for the Soul listeners have had a direct experience with their power to create their reality through our exclusive spoon bending kit. A mind over matter training that teaches you how to bend metal with your mind for real. Well, what if you can use that same technology on your finances? What if you can take your same intention power and use it on the so-called recession? Well, you can. News for the Soul has just announced the release of its newest life-changing kit, the Prosperity Kit. We've combined the intention technology of our spoon-bending kits with a decade of research to create a program that has the power to change your financial life. Isn't it time to transcend fear and live the way we intended? For real? Go now to newsforthesoul.com and click on the Prosperity Kit banner. That's
4: news...
2: hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of news for the soul online at newsforthesoul.com now let's get back to the show we're back i'm is news, news for the soul oh look it's 11 11 pacific time and today on News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to then explain, once again, I'll cover it, of course, one of my favorite guests over the many years we've been talking to him as, as the human evolution journey continues and lots of adventures. Well, I'm sure today will be no exception to what we're going to be covering. David Icke, the quote-unquote most controversial speaker in the world, is here. DavidIcke.com, that's his website, and we're going to find out what the latest is right now. Welcome back, David, to News for the Soul. Thanks, Nicole. So, uh, do you really feel like the most controversial speaker in the world, really?
5: Um, I I don't think about it, to be honest. I mean, um, you know, when you speak um things that are different um to the prevailing accepted reality, then you become I guess controversial to the accepted reality and I'm saying things that are way outside of what people think is happening in the world and the nature of life itself. So I guess um, controversy follows me around. But what's happening is that people's minds are opening and letting consciousness in uh, on a, a, a gathering scale. And when you do that, people like me become less controversial because people can encompass uh, things that the closed mind rejects by reflex action so I'm seeing um, uh, a, a, a massive increase in acceptance of um, things that I say that would have been ridiculed and dismissed immediately and not so long ago something's happening a, a lot of things are happening that aren't good but some a lot of things are happening that are
2: yeah you you, so you're also i mean i've noticed that as well in recent like the last year or two huge drastic changes in in openness in large amounts of people so you're seeing that as well
5: well i've been seeing it for a long time because when i started talking about this in its multi-facets whether it's the uh, day-to-day names dates places conspiracy uh, which has led as to where we are now, which is facing a global dictatorship in the face, um, or whether it's the nature of reality itself, which is fundamentally connected to what I've just said as well. Um, I'm seeing um, people's minds open and them being to able to encompass concepts and possibilities that, that they would never have done before, and it's been um, a exponential curve where it started slowly and then got quicker and then quicker and quicker. And it it's incredible now, the number of people who are uh, looking at life from a different angle, different point of observation, and therefore seeing the world and themselves uh, in a completely different light. And we need to do that, and uh, we need to do that fast because we're heading into times now um, this swine flu scam and the vaccination that has been created by those that created swine flu in the first place um, and the economic situation that we face and many, many other things that are planned are going to be enormously challenging anyway. But if we come from the perspective that we are our bodies, That we are our names um, that we are the reflection in the mirror and that's it then it's going to be a heck of a lot more challenging for those people than those that realize that that's the vehicle that connects us into this virtual reality we call the universe and what we actually are is consciousness having an experience and it's going to be so so important that people view their experience from that perspective, because A, it will give them perspective on what's going on. They'll be able to see the big picture rather than the myopic one, and it will also um, help them to uh, realize that is just an experience that they're having, um, and uh, it's not something that's forever, and it's not something that... Um, is unchangeable it's just the experience they're having at this time and what they are is consciousness and that that's eternal that's the the nature of who they really are and um, it's the body that's uh, that, that's experiencing this reality and that's the part of us that quote dies even that doesn't die and it only dies in the form of a body it's just in, uh, infinite energy itself but uh, if we um, come from that perspective And hold that we are consciousness having an experience it's going to be much easier to meet the challenges that are coming because they are many and they are close
2: Hmm. okay so uh, i mean you mentioned the swine flu and the well the swine flu scam as you call it and that it was created by someone so can you speak to that a little bit
5: well of course i've been talking yeah, with you over the years many times about um, a simple technique. I call problem reaction solution you create the problem you uh, get the reaction fear outrage do something and then you offer the solution to the problem you created now if the uh, Problem is not out there then you either As with weapons of mass destruction in Iraq you invent it as a thought form a Theory a theoretical situation, you know, there's no weapons of mass destruction there um, you just persuade the people there are, and I call that technique, no problem, reaction, solution. And that's very effective if people don't do any research. But there's another aspect of this, which is if you haven't got a problem, then create one. And the swine flu virus that is now uh, supposed to terrify us, I'm shaking as I speak, um, is, uh, was created in a laboratory. Um, there's a, an Austrian journalist called uh, Jane Bergermeister who's actually filed charges with the FBI against um, Baxter International, Novartis and other drug companies, and which all work as one unit if you go high enough, uh, against Obama and against um, a Rockefeller, a Rothschild, and uh, George Soros, the billionaire financier, and a, a lot of other people and organizations for actually um, creating uh, the virus and then um, – the vaccine, which is designed to cause enormous harm to people. Um, There are people who have researched this in great detail. Uh, People go to the headlines on my website. They'll see videos about this um, uh, uh, from these people talking at some length about their their research. And the idea is to um, so create panic about this uh, deadly swine flu virus that, uh, so they tell us, Um, that they will get mass immunization of the population around the world. See, Baxter International, based in uh, Illinois, um, is one of the companies coming up with the vaccine for something that came to light in Mexico uh, in April, I think it was. Baxter International applied for the patent for the vaccine for this strain of of, of, um, swine flu in August 2008. So clearly, um, to work for Baxter International, you have to be an extremely skilled psychic um, or corrupt, um, and I'm not sure about the psychic bit. Uh, So what we're looking at is the creation of a perceived problem. And because the symptoms uh, of swine flu are so like what we call normal flu, and about half a million people die worldwide of normal flu every year, um, I mean, in Britain today, they've just introduced a system whereby if you've got symptoms of, of um, swine flu, then you don't go to the doctor anymore. You talk to someone on the phone in, a, in, a, in a, a like a call center situation that's been set up. You tell them your symptoms, and they tell you what they think you've got. Now, you've got ordinary flu or you've got a bad cold you ring up and you say, I've got these symptoms because the media's told you, be frightened of bird flu. And the guy on the other end or the lady on the other end says, oh, yes, you've got bird flu. You've got, sorry, swine flu. I mean, swine flu, bird flu is the same. That was another manufactured uh, virus. The two go together. And um, so what happens is you get ticked off as someone who's got swine flu when you're not necessarily um, have it at all. And the figures get higher and higher. And the uh, ratchet up of the uh, fear factor. I mean, the government here have said all oh, 65,000 uh, you know people could get it and all the rest of it. Um, uh, and in doing so, you get people lining up to get the vaccine. And in that vaccine is going to be some really horrible stuff um, uh, in terms of uh, physical, mental, and emotional damage that's going to come from it. So when you've got uh, companies creating the, vi- uh, the virus in the first place. The symptoms are being overwhelmingly, in, in the vast overwhelming number of people, mild. And yet you then have this uh, announcement of a pandemic and this panic to create a vaccine and have massive, uh, 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 massively uh, uh, vast um, uh, vaccination programs around the world. Uh, where they want everyone vaccinated, then it's clear that the reaction is not in proportion to the problem as it stands. And therefore there's a reason they want that vaccine inside the global population. And uh, it's because of a long-term plan to cull the population. They want to reduce the world population by a large number, uh, a very large number of people and to create other problems. And, um, it, you know, if people do only one thing to protect themselves and their family in the next few months, don't have the vaccine.
2: Now, we've talked about this again over the years as well, but for those that might be new to this conversation, who are the they that are planning these things?
5: Well, uh, it's a, a very simple structure, and it has to be uh, to work. If it was too complex, it, it would, it would just fall apart. The background is um, that a network of uh, bloodlines came out of the ancient world, particularly um, ancient Sumer and Babylon, which is now, of course, Iraq. They're not in Iraq for, just for oil or just for control. There's many uh, reasons they're in there. And one of them is that that area of land, Mesopotamia, the land between two rivers, is very, very important to them um, energetically and also, in terms of um, his historical um, uh, reasons and these bloodlines came in out of other parts of the world too uh, and China and other, other other areas of the world but that area of Mesopotamia is very very important for the the people in, in control of um, the, the system the global system today they moved up into Europe they became the European royal uh, families and aristocracy and then when um, the, the people began to reject overt control by uh, dictatorship, royal dictatorship. Um, they moved, although they still stayed there with the British royal family, the Spanish royal family, etc., and the aristocracy of Europe and Britain. But they overwhelmingly moved into what I call the dark suit professions, and they 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 created, established, and took over um, business, banking. Uh, media ownership eventually when the media came along, um, control of governments, uh, etc. And what they've created now, and this is how the Spider's Web works, if you think of the structure of a uh, transnational corporation, you have the headquarters, and in this case it's in Europe, not the European governments, the center of the secret society web at operational level is in Europe. It's in places like London, Paris, uh, Rome, Berlin um particularly london and uh rome it seems and this web of um secret societies which is what this web is uh, but it's structured exactly as a transnational corporation you've got the headquarters in europe the center of the web what i call the spider and in every country including canada every country there is a network of these um families which, which oversee a secret society network of of exclusive, very secret, and semi-secret organizations. And their job is to control in their sphere of influence, their country, that country's uh, politics, business banking, media ownership, military, uh, pharmaceutical uh, companies, uh, etc., And so when the spider at the center of the web dictates the global policy, these subsidiary networks in each country then go to work to introduce that policy in their sphere of influence. And this is how the same changes take place in societies that are apparently unconnected all over the world about the same time, justified by the same excuses, and often even the legislations worded the same. So that's how they control from a central point different countries. Now, this web in terms of swine flu um, and the pharmaceuticals, this web will go into the pharmaceutical companies, what what we call Big Pharma, will go into Baxter International. It will go into Novartis and all the rest of it. It will also, however, go into the public protection agencies of government like the uh, Centers for Disease Control in America and it will go into the uh, doctors professional organizations like the American Medici- Medical Association the British Medical Association and its ca- ca- Canadian equivalent and it will go into the World Health Organization you see the, the, the idea is for a centralized global dictatorship so anytime you see the word world in an organization it's part of this operation because they've created a series of world organizations to centralize power so they can dictate from a central point so you have the world bank you have the world trade organization and and in relation to uh, this swine flu conspiracy you have the world health organization and so the same force controls the world health organization the centers for disease control and their equivalent in different countries and the pharmaceutical companies that are both creating the virus and uh, the vaccine to meet the problem of the uh, virus. So once you've stitched up the whole of this network, you've you've controlled the companies doing it, and you've controlled the regulators that should be stopping the companies doing it you control the world body the world health organization which um, is the vehicle through which you bring this to a uh, global pandemic and also to global uh, vaccination campaigns and this is what's happened and they want access to uh, the human body on a vast scale because they have something that they want to use to um, cause immense harm to humanity on a very large scale, and we must not allow that to happen by accepting these vaccinations, because there's going to be tremendous pressure on them. What what you're going to see, um, because it's a mind game in the end, you're going to have um, those that blindly, sheet-like, unquestioningly accept the vaccination for themselves and their children. Uh, putting pressure on those who resist because the authorities are are going to be saying, well, yes, we've had large numbers of people vaccinated, but we still haven't got um, the the, the herd uh, protection um, that that we need. We need a certain percentage of the population to to have this herd protection. Um, And and so they're going to put pressure on people to uh, accept uh, the vaccine on that basis. We must not allow that to intimidate us into it. And we need to get together, those who are awake to this, people need to get together and start organizing themselves to resist um, compulsory vaccination because that's what they want. They want compulsory vaccination. And uh, if you have not got control, Nicole, of what actually goes into your body, the state is dictating that. Well, if you want to give me a better definition of a fascist state, then I would love to hear it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, coming from the conscious perspective that we've put everything in over the years, how do we resist without creating something and making it persist? How do we do this?
5: Well, you know, the number of people who are actually doing this is a fraction of the population that's having it done to them. The way that we um, are controlled is by divide and rule i've just given a wonderful example of divide and rule get those that unquestionably accept the vaccine and the danger of the swine flu to put pressure on other people who are saying no Um, this is this is how it works and when you become conscious as opposed to being stuck in what i call mind which is the interface between consciousness and this virtual reality and the vast majority of human uh, beings that have gone through the programming uh, from cradle to grave that we're put through from the time we enter this world have had their point of observation of self and the world um, located in mind. It's like me sitting in front of this computer and going on the internet and then the computer deciding where I should go and what I should think of it. That's what happens when you get stuck in mind. Mind is there as a access point, as an interface between consciousness, infinite consciousness, and this cosmic internet, as I call it, this virtual reality universe we've talked about many times. Now, if my consciousness works in concert, in unity, with mind then that's fine it's like me sitting at this computer and i'm deciding where i go on the internet and i'm deciding what i think of it the computer's just getting me there Um, then 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 both are giving a a positive contribution to experience uh, of what we're doing but most people are manipulated as i say to see everything from the perspective of mind and filter everything through the five senses and the, the the world of the five senses and the left brain is about seeing everything in terms of division, apartness, structure, uh, hierarchy, um, and all the rest of it. It's, it's the world that we live in. We live in a left-brain, um, mind-made world because of the situation that I'm uh, describing. If we're going to move from that and become uh, conscious, then everything starts to change. First of all, we would, consciousness doesn't do intimidation by the neighbour saying you're putting my children at risk you should have the vaccination and nor does it um, uh, just submit and line up and you know put its arm out because the government says it's compulsory Uh, it will not do what it knows not to be right and the more people that come from that perspective of consciousness and and also realize that this is just an experience so therefore whatever consequences there are for doing what you know to be right well that, that's fair enough because the consequences of not doing what you know to be right are far worse what's the worst that can happen you know you die well you know i'm terrified i don't know i'm going to cope you know uh, nicole i'm shaking because i might die and i'm shaking because of swine flu i mean what else am i going to be shaking at you know when you come from a point of view of, of consciousness things like consequences for doing what is right do not enter the equation you just do it and if enough people do that then this system will not be able to cope because there's not enough of uh, of those who are doing it knowingly to um impose it on on the, the, the the population um, and also drop the the whole idea that um, I am black and you are white. You're, you, I'm Jewish and you're uh, Islamic, or oh, I, I earn a good salary, or oh, you 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 uh, live in the street, you know, or oh, I'm a Christian, you're a Muslim. I mean, these ludicrous, childish, mind-made uh, fault lines of divide and rule—they've got to go, because if they don't, then we are going to be divided and ruled into this global fascist dictatorship within a few years from now that's how close it is and in fact we're in it it's just like i said earlier a case of degree and if we um uh become conscious and we start to do what we know to be right and we ditch this this fear of um consequences for doing what we know to be right then then the system starts to, to to fall and if we if we don't um Do this then it means we're in mind and if we're in mind well we're a manipulator's party trick and um this whole thing is going to happen but it doesn't have to happen if we um don't concede ourselves to mind to the computer and we 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 become conscious because being conscious is not a a state of theoretical being being conscious is not sitting there cross-legged saying i'm conscious Consciousness expresses itself within the world of form, within the virtual reality, as action, as 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 as, as your physical um physic what you physically do. And it doesn't just sit there on the sidelines and, and observe and say, Oh, yes, that's interesting. Oh, oh look look, they're um they're, they're microchipping people there, oh that's interesting. Oh well, I said that would happen, tonight. not I? Didn't I tell you that would happen? Yeah, that look well, they're doing it over there no, That that's consciousness doesn't do that consciousness expresses itself does what it knows to be right um and 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 expresses itself within this reality that way you know i i see a lot of people uh, nicole who consider themselves spiritual and conscious and all the rest of it and yet they just sit on the sidelines and ignore this stuff you know and they say well you know we just got to be spiritual well if 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 this whole thing comes down, then you can forget alternative healing. You can forget um, openly uh, expressing your spirituality and, and your, 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 your views on uh, reality if it's at odds with what the state wants the people to believe is reality. Forget all that. That goes down as well. You know, this, this is what we're facing. So it's not clear okay, well, it's not my problem. That, that, that is the problem. That people constantly say, uh, when they see a situation, how does this affect me? I I was listening, um, I went to my my son's engagement party yesterday, it was lovely. And they played a Michael Jackson song where there's a a repeating line in it, what about me, what about me, what about me? And it's um, the mantra that people constantly ask. You know, all right, this situation, but does it affect me? What about me? And if we constantly do that, then eventually it is about me as, as the, 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 the time moves on, but there's no one else around to help me out of the situation I'm now in, because while I looked on, all these other people in society were being picked off. Well, while, while someone was sitting here, someone doesn't affect me, it's not my problem. Yes, it is. If if there's one person in Canada, North America, anywhere, that does not have the right, the free right, to express their opinion, whatever it may be, then no one is free to express an opinion. Because what we perceive to be freedom is not freedom of speech at all. It's the uh, 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 illusion of freedom to have views within certain parameters. Um, And and so someone else is... um, freedom of speech being taken away is our freedom of speech being taken away. Someone's children being taken away from their parents, which is what's happening in this country in extraordinary numbers now. Because the the whole um, idea, uh, uh, one area of this global conspiracy is that state takes complete control of the children from from parents, and it's happening. In this country now, the power that schools and teachers and head teachers have over parents in terms of their children is uh tr- tremendous compared with what it used to be we're having now family courts in this country that are secret and the media can't attend them that are taking children away from their families and giving them to foster parents of the state's choice for, for the most ludicrous reasons we, 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 we've had uh, so many examples of this it's incredible we had an example recently uh nicole where um Social workers were with a parent who who's just um, had a child after spending thirty-eight thousand pounds on fertility treatment because she so desperately wanted a child, and she joked with the uh, social worker that the birth had uh, ruined her figure. And on the basis of that, eventually her children were taken away and given to foster parents. And what they say is, if you do not accept this, then you will never see your child again. If you accept it, you can go and see your child once a month, once, once whenever, for, for an hour. But if you fight this, taking your children away, then you are never going to see them again. Now, this is happening not every now and again. This is happening increasingly regularly. And if we look at that and we say, well, they're not my kids, not my problem. Well, eventually it will be. And that's just one example across the great swathe of life um, and the tapestry of life, where if we don't get involved and see other people's injustice as our injustice, then eventually it's our injustice and there's no one around. It's like that that saying of that uh, guy, Pastor Neumoller in Germany, after the Second World War. First they came for the Jews, and I was not a Jew, so I did nothing. Then they came for the communist and I was not a communist so I did nothing then they came for the trade unionists, and I was not a trade unionist so I did nothing then they came for me and there was no one left to speak out for me you know we are in a point now where it is so blatant to anyone with a mind on active duty what is going on that there are no excuses left except fear and can't be bothered well tell your children and your grandchildren now when you think the world we're moving into so fast, think of the world they're going to live in. You tell them now. You look in their eyes and you tell them uh, how you can justify ignoring this and doing nothing about it. Try that. I couldn't do it.
4: So and I way. won't do it because
5: hmm. we have to get involved. And anyone that doesn't want to get involved is not conscious because consciousness doesn't step Stand by and allow this to happen while being a, uh, a, a spectator. It doesn't do it.
2: Well, here's what I think would be <clears throat> helpful. From you know, speaking to the conscious audience, right? And so many of us. Um, I mean, the very slogan of. Excuse me. Hang on a second here. <clears> That's something in my throat. I'm sure. It's you got swine flu. I got swine flu. flu. Call the authorities. Yeah, give someone a
5: call. <laughs> They'll tell you. They'll confirm it. <laughs>
2: oh look i'm cured amazing so um now i mean from a conscious perspective we know that what we focus on expands we don't want to expand the negative side of this what can we focus on uh, as far as you know a positive action from the conscious perspective how can we reframe this so that it feels empowering as opposed to conflicting
5: well uh, what's more empowering than being empowered you know (laughs) We had a, a situation here a few years ago it, it, during the time of Margaret Thatcher when there was um, the introduction of a fundamentally unfair tax called the poll tax to fund local government. What it meant was that people on small incomes and people with very large incomes paid the same. I mean, it was just you couldn't make it up. It was so unfair and unjust. Now, what happened was that... This affected people who considered themselves to be middle class in this class-ridden society, um, in bigger houses, just as it affected poorer people, often very poorer people, in smaller houses and council houses. As a result, the fault line between the middle class and the working class, as they call it in Britain, um, disappeared because both were equally affected what did they do in very large numbers they refused to pay it they refused to pay it and um they were um and i i did as well i i i went to court on it and there was an amazing story that happened that day um which meant that uh, every uh, case in that court that day had to be um uh, dropped and every uh, conviction had to be uh, overturned because they made a massive mistake in terms of the procedure but that's another story the the point is that Because people in large numbers refused to pay it and were willing to go to court um, uh, over it, the system couldn't cope. More than that was the poll tax debacle, as it turned out, because so many people refused to pay it, not only um, made sure that the poll tax had to be dropped and a fairer tax brought in, it actually was the engine uh, room, if you like, behind the removal of Margaret Thatcher, the so-called Iron Lady, while she was still in office. She was removed by her own party, not by an election. Um, and what greater empowerment can people feel than to empower themselves by refusing to cooperate with their own enslavement, by refusing to cooperate with injustice? I mean, what what greater way for um, consciousness to express itself in an empowered way? You know, I mean... Wh- What's the alternative? Doing nothing because it's negative. You know, I'm not um, advocating, absolutely not, not one iota, one ounce, one inch am I advocating any kind of uh, violent resistance. Because all you're doing is um, creating a polarity to greater violence Mm -hmm. on the other polarity at the other end called the state. And, and, and what you're doing is creating a, a, a mirror of what you're challenging. This is why I, I, I have this saying um, in my books, what you fight, you become. This is not about fighting. The last thing we need to do is fight because when you fight, you have a war. You have a fight, We'd, where's that gonna take us? What I'm talking about is nonviolent violent non-cooperation. Mm. The system uh, depends upon the mass of the people cooperating with it. If people, for instance, refused en masse to have the swine flu vaccine, then the state would have no way of imposing itself on that volume of people. But because um, people line up and acquiesce, it's a, you know, not only does the state not uh, you know, have no problem, you go to the state and put your arm out. You go to it. Um, and if people are going to claim to be conscious and they want to be empowered, okay, express your empowerment in refusing to cooperate with injustice and refusing to cooperate with your own enslavement.
2: Okay, well, and that's a critical distinguishment between, you know, um, I mean, that's that's the most important point of all, I think, in what you've said today. So um knowing you know the difference between those two things is the critical point. You know, I also I've never actually had a chance to do this before, but we put out the um call to the you know opportunity to the audience to send in some questions. Okay. And uh we're just coming to the last 14 minutes of the show already, so I'd like to throw some of those
5: Clarkier. in. Yeah. Time flies.
2: I know, it's crazy, huh? Uh, it's funny,
5: because there is no time, so i don 't can it fly, but you know, I know
2: what, what 's <laughs> flying um, you know, and we had uh, a question just in this moment about what you 're talking about, so let me just read this out. This is from John. Well, I tend to support the thought that we should not take the vaccine. I had a scary thought that these groups are not stupid, and may have thought out that the sensitive aware folks would refuse to take the vaccine, so they 've made it up. Uh, that the ones who refuse are the ones who want to make it through how do we discern which is the best approach
5: well I, I think if you look at the evidence and uh, I, like I say I'm putting a, a a major article background article onto my website tomorrow which I hope will go all over the web um, so that people can have access to this information there are many sources for this now um, and I think when you look at the information and you look at the connections between uh, all these different agencies involved in, first of all, the creation of swine flu and then the vaccination, uh, the situation is very simple. Don't have the vaccine. It's just that simple. Don't have the vaccine, don't let your kids have the vaccine because you'll regret it forever if you do. Um, And uh, the evidence is there um, that has been, documented in, in great detail about how these uh, viruses are manufactured and they have um, a, 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 a program now or a, a technology to, uh, potential and understanding which go, indeed goes back to Nazi Germany never mind uh, now whereby they have the ability to inject you with a vaccine that switches your immune system off and they do them in um, sets of three. Or oh, you need you need a, a series of three vaccines to meet. Okay, yeah. Um, and the first vaccine switches off the immune system, uh, the white blood cells. Uh, the second one injects you with virus, and the third one switches the um, immune system back on. Yeah. And what this does is, when when the reason you feel sick, is it's the immune system fighting the the virus and you can and they've, they've shown this with the animal tests I mean I don't agree with animal tests but the, 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 they've done it with animal tests where they've injected viruses into um, animals rats whatever and they've not and they've switched their immune system off in the way that I'm talking about and the rats have run around feeling fine um, not 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 showing any signs of being sick and then they've switched the Uh, Immune system back on again and immediately or very quickly uh, often immediately the the rat is dead. Why? Because when the immune system is switched back on it is faced with a bombardment of uh, challenges with these viruses and it reacts by sending antibodies out in such numbers that it kills the body It it gets the the body to kill itself, there's a a name for it Um, and uh, it's the immune system reacting so powerfully, uh, so quickly that the body can't cope and and it kills the body. And they've done this in in animal tests and, and they've had this potential now for decades. And the people that have researched this in detail are suggesting that this could well be what's uh, going on uh, in terms of the the swine flu vaccine, because uh, this has been played out for so long. Like the 1976 swine flu, quote, scare um, in America, where a number of people died and about 500 were seriously maimed by the vaccine, and only one person um, died of swine flu, um, and and that that was uh, we got to trust the government's uh, uh, um, uh, kind of information that uh, the diagnosis of that was correct because it was a, it was a soldier and uh, you know we, how can we we tell um, and these things like this Nicole are, are trials they're run throughs because it's a mind game they're constantly putting these little trials on to see how people react to these different situations and gleaning more information and more knowledge. And so when they play the big one, and this swine flu situation we're facing now has all the signs of being a big one, um, they, they are prepared and they are well-versed in the likely reactions of people to the input of fear and, um, and uh, propaganda that, um, that uh, there's a pandemic and your children are in danger and you're in danger, you know, line up and get the vaccine. Um, so it's um, it's a real simple thing. It's not, well, should I have the vaccine? or shouldn't, no, don't have the vaccine. People must do what they like, it's, it's, yeah, free choice, of course, not for me to tell them what to do, but I strongly, strongly suggest that people get informed on, on the background to this and don't have the, themselves or the, their children have the vaccine because This is seriously, seriously not good, what they're planning to do.
2: Uh, Diane in Georgia, let's try to squeak in one more and then mention the dates that you're going to be speaking in the States. Um, She's asking, uh, what is the most effective way on that note? I mean, just the ooginess on that message, you know. What is the most effective way to support ourselves and our families continue with spiritual development in a time when such heavy frequencies are bombarding us?
5: well that that's um, that's a good question but yeah. you know it's point of observation you know if you observe the world from the perspective of body mind then you are going to experience the world in a certain way the more that your point of observation moves symbolically uh, back to consciousness And you observe from consciousness through the body into this reality, the more your perspective will be uh, one in which you do not panic, you do not uh, bow to fear, and you um, do not um, succumb to these lower vibrational levels that we are being bombarded with. Because the whole foundation of this conspiracy, and it goes back a long time um, in, in our the perception of linear time. The whole foundation of it, as I've said many times on this program, is to keep people out of consciousness and in mind. And so to do that, they um, destabilize uh, us chemically and electromagnetically and electrically, because the body's an electrochemical organism. And if it is imbalanced in that way, because it's a receiver transmitter, that's how it connects to consciousness, then it will not connect to consciousness in the way that it optimally uh, could do. Um, The more you um, bring the vibrational state of the body down, the more difficult it is to connect with the much higher vibrations of of, of what we call consciousness. And um, the more you get people in fear, the more the energy at the the body-mind level starts to vibrate with more density. That's what fear does. And, and so that's why I say if we allow our point of observation to be body-mind, we are observing the world through all that stuff, through that low vibrational density of fear, through that chemical and electromagnetic imbalance. Whereas if we become conscious or, or, or observe from a point of consciousness, then we start to connect into the, into the body from that point with much higher vibrational uh, frequencies and that um, does the opposite it, it, it starts to lift and um, increase the resonant frequency of, of, of body mind because um, you know you look at it uh, kind of symbolically if you look forward into the world you're looking forward into the uh, the density that and all the things that I've just talked about but if you look look back symbolically to consciousness um, then uh, that also can connect with the body. And instead of um, uh, bringing it down into density, that brings it up into higher uh, levels of uh, frequency, which increases the ability of consciousness to influence the the body-mind level of, of reality and experience. And suddenly um, we're looking at the world from a very different perspective. We're understanding things we didn't understand before. We're seeing connections we couldn't see before because our point of observation has moved. So holding this consciousness, holding the fact, very simply, when you look in the mirror, that's not David Icke. I'm not David Icke. David Icke is an experience I am having, which is a name for my experience and the vehicle that is, that through which I'm having the experience. I am consciousness. It's infinite consciousness, just like you are and everyone listening to this show is and everyone in all existences. And if you can hold that, uh whatever the experience is i am consciousness having this experience i'm not the experience i'm having the experience i'm not the experience david ike is an experience is not me i am consciousness then this process i'm talking about starts to move there's an energy shift out of uh density out of a uh, purely five sense uh filtering of reality and what frightens mind body does not frighten consciousness what intimidates mind body does not intimidate consciousness and you start to um uh interact with the world in a completely different way and you don't react in the way that this whole conspiracy is designed to make us react through fear and through um all the other uh, emotional triggers that, that that we're constantly uh are constantly applied to us so Holding that point of observation, I am eternal consciousness of an experience, and not letting that move into, um, oh, I'm David Icke, I'm Nicole, uh, is very, very important, because those people who live through this, it's very challenging, a very, very challenging time, but it's an experience. We, you know, we've come here, we're having an experience, let's get on with it. We're eternal consciousness. We'll be out of here eventually, and this, the experience will be over. But those that um, go through this Period we're heading into fast now in mind-body reality they're going to have an incredibly incredibly challenging time far more than those that hold hold this point of observation I'm talking about of consciousness
2: Mm. and boy we've barely scratched the surface here we're less than a minute to uh, getting cut off from the system we're out of time can we do this again and maybe go right right through their questions in the second hour can I get you back on soon
5: uh, yeah we will we'll work something out i mean okay. uh, I, i'm uh, i 'm doing twelve hour days at the moment because uh, <laughs> the interest in this is such a fantastic i 'm writing i 'm writing a new book which is going to move this whole thing forward um,
2: wow uh, and you're in terms of the how deep the rabbit hole well. goes yeah ideas.
5: and uh, second half of the year i 'm kind of talking everywhere i 'm in America for uh two three weeks in uh, october i 'm talking in Bellingham, which is just uh, course south of Vancouver and to me. north of um, Seattle. so it 's in that uh, position that both people can get to uh, that's on October the 4th uh, details on my website I'm in Santa Fe on October the 11th um, and I'm in Phoenix on October the 17th and these are all day talks like seven eight hours where I'm connecting the dots with a, about a thousand illustrations between all these apparently unconnected uh, people subjects areas consciousness reality
2: Okay, perfect. The system's about to cut us off, so I want to make sure I get your website in, davidike.com. We'll also have it linked up from newsforthesoul.com. Make sure you're on our free e-news, and uh, we'll get David back on very soon and get some more of these questions up on the air. And thank you to all of you tuning in and participating and sending a bazillion questions. Thank you, David, for being here again. I just uh, so value the time and perspective that you have shared with us over the years.
5: Thanks, Nicole, and I'll uh, see you soon, I hope.
2: I hope so, too, in Bellingham. Yay! Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) I will definitely see you there. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, David.
5: Thanks, Nicole.
7: This has been News for the Soul with Nicole Whitney. Visit us anytime online at www.newsforthesoul.com, where you can listen to all our previously aired shows at any time and so much more. Have a great week, and remember, what you focus on expands.